This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Day Fast. I'm John Layman, joined by David McDonald. How's it going, Layman? I thought I thought you were gonna start off right there. It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's coming when you least expect it, and I'm not gonna tell the listeners what that is, although they could probably guess, but you won't know it's coming until it's too late. Okay, I was all prepared for it. Uh, I'm going I'm doing well. We had a wonderful weekend in Washington, DC. As I was telling Joel, we have uh, friends that have flown all the way from Australia. Uh, to visit us, not our wrestling friends Claire and Kyle, uh, but uh, uh, another friend who is not a wrestling fan, but still a good friend of ours and uh, our family, and, and uh, so that was fun. That was fun to see her again, and uh, we just got back, and I'm tired, of course, and it's six o'clock in the fucking morning, and we're talking pro wrestling, which I don't mind at all. It's fun, right? I'd rather. What better way to start the day than to start with uh, a little Super J cast and. It's, I mean, I, can we pull back the curtain a bit here? We had a, a bit of a disagreement off air because you thought we should give our year-end awards choices now. And I say we should hold them off until we actually do the episode where we're announcing who the listeners have voted for. So we're, we're gambling a bit here because you thought there wouldn't be enough to discuss mm-hmm. and we'd have to fill it up with our award picks. Right. But by the end of this episode... One of us is going to look very foolish. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, like I said, and I, I don't know who it is. <laughs> well, I trust me, nine times out of ten, it's me. Um, yeah, I mean, I just had them. I mean, I kind of worked on them a little bit because I figured we would. It, it's it's going to happen soon, and when I say happen soon, the awards we should be getting them in any moment at this point. So you, the listeners, will be able to uh, cast your ballots for all of our categories. And again, it's a I like to think it's a, an important time of the year with uh, the, our listenership and having your voices heard and people within New Japan Pro Wrestling in various uh, roles listening, active listeners. So uh, I think it's a good time of year. Um, but yeah, I had a list here, and we were gonna. I thought we were going to talk about who we were going to pick, me and you, uh, just so we can kind of grease the wheel, get everybody's minds churning once again, thinking about year-end awards. And again, we're going to get that ballot soon. We're just waiting for that. What's the hold up there, Joe? What's the hold up with that ballot? What, what, what are we waiting for here? I'm being difficult because I've asked uh, the wonderful comms Pete to try and figure out a way of tabulating the Votes. first, second, and third place scores. Because last year, I had to do that myself with spreadsheets and add up all those points Um and we can't be having that, David. We can't have me actually having to do work <laughs> towards this podcast. So I've given Pete the impossible task of trying to navigate around that. So uh, the awards might have to be cancelled. No, no, can't do that. I'll find some way to do it. I remember one year I had my assistant do it. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she's sitting there tabulating votes like, what's a, what is a Naito? What the fuck am I doing? Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it, it gets done, whether by hook or by crook. Some, somehow, it'll get done. All right, good. Well, we should be seeing that soon. I would, I would think very shortly. Um, 
So again, maybe we'll just talk about the nominees, the nominees for each category, just to that kind of help you, uh, again, grease the wheel a little bit. We'll hold off on our picks until the the awards show who we picked for, but then it looks like we might be cheating. Um, that's the only, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we picked all the winners. <laughs> um Maybe we can guess who we think the winners will be. Because my uh, my point to you backstage was that if we give our picks, then our listeners are so feeble-minded ah. and influenceable that they might hear that and think, oh, well, John and Damon have picked the, that that person. I'm going to pick that person as well. So I didn't want to uh, influence the results. I feel like it would be just the opposite. I feel like they, like, they picked them. Fuck that. I'm picking Doki. <laughs> Dumb shit like that. Um Oh, he is winning favorite. Uh, okay, now I'm going to keep my powder dry, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll save that for later. We'll roll it. By the way, we're not accepting any votes for him for any category whatsoever. <laughs> just, yeah, just... Pete, if you're listening, do not put Doki in the favorite wrestler category. Yeah, he is not. He is not eligible for this. Um, all right, so why don't we do this? We'll, we can do the nominations. Uh, we can hold off. We can kind of give our takes on who we think might win. That might. I might show our cards when it comes to who we're picking, but I don't think we're that influential in the sense of who we're picking is what everyone's going to be picking. But um, I like the discussion. I like the idea of why we we might choose who we choose chose um, some of the the points, you know, the data points that we looked at to say, okay, this is maybe why I'm going this way, and, and as opposed to another person. Um, so I like that discussion. We can we can take care of that and again, but we'll at the very least here today, we're talking about those nominees for the Super Jcast Year End Awards. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about. We've got uh, card trading game, mobile phone applications. What? We have got uh, talk about the Red Hot World Tag League. Uh-huh. Uh, we've we've got British J Cup results to discuss. We have got. The disgusting, horrible mess that is Ring of Honor. Mm. But you know what isn't a disgusting, horrible mess, Damon? Your pubic hair. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Boom. Bing. Well, look, I want to give a special shout out. This, uh, as we, as we close in on the United States holiday season, uh, it is very rapidly approaching the American Thanksgiving which is a huge holiday for all of us here in the States. So while we're here, let's give a special shout-out, shall we, Joel? Special shout-out goes out to all those lovely ladies and all those lovely gentlemen and anyone who takes the time and and does the deed, the hard work, the manual labor of going down on a guy, Right? Because before Manscaped, let's be honest, before Manscaped, it was, it was the wild, wild west down there. You had, you had no idea what you were getting into. You had no idea what you were going to unfurl, what odor you were going to uh, encounter, what wild tundra of pubic hair you were going to find down there. But now, now, all your hard work, all of your sacrifice, all of your effort, and trust me, there ain't a guy on God's green fucking earth that doesn't appreciate it. Doesn't appreciate it. But now it's time for you. You! Because you're the one putting up with all that mess. For how many years? Since the beginning of time. Now, here's Manscaped. Manscaped has what you need to take care of that tundra. 
It's a 2.0. They call it the lawnmower, right? Here's what's, here's what's good about it. No nicks, no cuts, clean as a whistle. You get rid of all of that, all of that, that jet, that, that, that wild tundra, as we like to call it. Just mess. Nobody likes it. The Everglades down there. Just a swampy mess. I don't know. I don't know. Swampy mess? But it's a mess. Clean it up. Shave that down. Right? So now you're not dealing with all that mess. Second thing. Uh, how about a nice smelling shower gel? There's nothing better than that, right? Some, some guy, a guy smells nice. Right? Smells clean, manly. You like that, right? That, that turns you on. That gets you going. Well, that shower gel helps in that process. And then last but not least, that finishing touch, the icing on the cake, it's that wonderful deodorant that is used to stop the sweating and the stink. And it just adds that nice extra layer of cleanliness and good smell that makes you, oh, it turns you on, doesn't it? Well, guess what? You can have it for the holidays. 20% off, free shipping, all you got to do, use the code SuperJCast, and you will be giving yourself something that you've always wanted, a real clean cock <laughs> and balls. Unbelievable, right? It's fantastic. Manscaped.com is where you need to go. Use the code SuperJCast, all one word, 20% off, free shipping. Get it now for the holidays, and you, you will treat yourself to the gift of Manscaped at manscaped.com. I put it to you, Damon, that our listeners want their pubic region to look like a tundra. Let me read you the definition of a tundra. Tell me or not whether you agree. Right. A vast, flat, treeless Arctic region of Europe, Asia, and North America in which the subsoil is permanently frozen. You know so what? treeless, you know, you, you, we can't down all the trees down there, and frozen, you know, nice and cool and frosty and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, am I? Yes, you know, you're probably right. You probably do want to. What am I thinking of? Not a tundra. Then what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of a. I don't know. I'm thinking of a. Fo- I don't know. It's a fucking mess. It's, a, it's pubic hair. Why do I need a goddamn analogy? You know what the fuck it is. Jeez. It's awful. Nobody wants it. Nobody. I saw a picture once uh, just recently. Uh, you're familiar with the rock star Rod Stewart, uh, Joel, right? Yes. Uh, right? Well, I. Back in the day, he was more of a wild rock star than he is this crooner now. And there's a picture of this guy, and he's in like these bikini briefs. And I tell you what, there is a pile of bush hanging out of these these uh, swim trunks, maybe? It was fucking disgusting. Disgusting. No girl wants I'm going to look it up. It is unbelievable. He's sitting there with some uh, 70s model. And he you know, he's in his rock star glory, and it is his pubes is that are Brit just. Brit Eklund. What's that? It's not Brit Eklund, is it? It might be. So it, this is. Is this the one where he's wearing a, a horizontal striped? Yep. Orange and green. Yep. Yeah, and there's a big, there is a big tuft of pubic hair sticking out the top. Yeah. Yeah. Who who would want that? <laughs> and I've tried. I've clicked the link to open it. It says, "Heads up, this might be sensitive content." You think? You think so? <laughs> It's that awful. is something that cannot be unseen. Right. You don't want to be that. And here's the thing, too. All right, look. If you have a, uh, if you're in a relationship or you're 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 married, all right. Okay, they they might come a little bit more occasional. But if you're a single guy, right, and you're out on on the streets, 
I mean, let's be honest here. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not like you're walking down the street and these opportunities arise. You got to make the most of your fucking opportunities here, right? Like, imagine, imagine, Joe, going, getting through all the, the, the logistics of making this happen and actually having someone like you enough that is willing to do this and you take it out and it fucking smells like an onion bag or a fucking trash can down the Jersey Shore in the middle of summer. Oh, you've just reminded me of my favorite song. What's I'm going to have to send it to you later, but it's right. uh, a song called A Gentleman's Wash about... <laughs> This very situation, which I'll send you later. Maybe next week we can have a Music Damon review of A Gentleman's Wash. All right. But but yeah, definitely take your point. You you don't want to be smelling like cheese and onion flavored crisps down there. Right. Right. So, I mean, you got to like this is this what this is. And and I love crisps and the lady or or gentleman that you're with might also love crisps. But yeah, not there's a time and a place for the (laughs) the smell of cheese and onion crisps. And it ain't there, is it? No, it is not. I can't know. So, yeah, I mean, again, when I was thinking, because as stupid as I am, I sit here and, and like on long drives, I think about, all right, what am I going to talk about on this Manscaped read? <laughs> How am I going to pick? And I, literally, it was just like, I feel sorry for a lot of these people that would, you know, that that's, you know, they're going down on guys. And some of these guys fucking stink. And, and just, it's just a mess. And maybe it's not a tundra. Maybe it's not a tundra because a tundra is a, is a wrong analogy. But it's a mess. It's a it's a, it is a fucking mess. And trust. I might just me. upload this photo to Twitter with without any comment or context. No, I, I might bet our listeners would be savvy enough to make some sort of manscape reference. Yeah. Without me having to prompt them. Let's do that. Let's do that. Just pop that fucker right on up, right? And uh, I bet you, I bet you, our listeners will know. Ah, as a reminder. Manscaped, 20%. Right. <laughs> How many minutes do you think it will take before someone makes a Manscaped reference? Uh, Let's I have an in-show challenge. Stop right. the clock. <laughs> right, start the clock. All right, in-show challenge. It's now 6.32 a.m., my time. Um, I say within 6.45. All right, let's do it. I'm <laughs> Done. <laughs> Just think of all the other pe- the people that follow us. <laughs> The people Kevin. that we respect in the industry. <laughs> what the fuck? Right, right, right. All it's doing is it's further, it's further uh, giving them uh, ammunition. Never hire these guys. All right, listen. All right, Ma- bang, it's out there. Nice. Here we go. Here we go. The Manscaped Challenge. We're, we're a special shout out to whichever follower on Twitter manages to shout out. Manscaped.com. Yep, manscaped.com. Again, 20% off. Look, we've talked about it. 20% off, free shipping, uh, all the great products you, you have there. Now's the time to get involved. Holidays are coming. Get it before the holidays. Get it for yourself. Get it for someone you love. This is the time to do it. It doesn't take a lot of brains to figure this out. Cleanliness is, is the first step in you getting quality blowjobs. You know it. I know it, and if it ain't there, I'll tell you what, you blew it. Not She didn't blow it. You blew it, right? Because you, dummy, had your chance, and your junk stunk. Your junk stunk. We warned you. We warned you. We told you. So uh, get on it, manscaped.com, 20% off. Super Jcast is the code. Manscaped, we love you, and we'll keep you updated on this picture uh, on the Manscaped Challenge, we'll call it. 
David, all that talk about Ross Stewart's pubic hair has built up quite the appetite for me. So I'm going to start with some food questions here. Uh, Derek says, has Joel ever considered doing a quote-unquote food porn podcast? He makes everything sound so delicious. If you ever make it out to Wisconsin, I'll treat you to a fried perch plate, cheese curds, and whiskey old-fashioned. That sounds amazing, Derek. I would love to take you up on that one day. And the doll from Bloodborne at... Bloodborne, what an amazing game. I, I could do a whole separate podcast about Bloodborne, but I won't. Um, at a silent flute says, would you book this territory like this? And I'm going to send you a link, Damon. This is um, from, I think it was a YouGov poll about ranking classic British foods. Now, I don't know how au fait you are with British cuisine, but uh, I'm going to send this link your way and you tell me what you think of this. All right, I just got it from space. <clears throat> All right. British foods looking so fucking depressing. Look at the shit I want to cry, says the, t- the tweet. All right. I've had the Yorkshire pudding. I like that. Um, I like anything in, in like a cake or like, or like a pie form. I, I am a fan of that. The Sunday roast, love. Love the Sunday roast. I, I don't like it dry. Like if you make a fucking dry beef, that, that, that you, know, you don't have to drown it in gravy. But I do like the Sunday roast. Fish and chips, love. When it's done great. Crumpets, great. I'm down. Full English, absolutely. Bacon sandwich, of course. Great. Okay. That that was the good tier. Right? That was so the the top tier. The god tier. The god, oh, god tier. tier. My bad. I'm, I'm yeah, god tier. Yes, I would agree those are you, you've had crumpets before, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um All right, let's go here. Top tier. Bangers and mash. Yeah. I would agree they're very good. Cottage pie, absolutely. Shepherd's pie, absolutely. Um, Mally makes a wonderful cottage pie slash shepherd's pie and she went a really good full English breakfast as well so she's been assimilated well into the the British culture but yeah no complaints so far about the tiering of these foods none whatsoever All right, Uh, top tier we did that okay mid tier Toad in the hole. I'm not familiar with the toad in the hole. Give me what what we were talking here. Right here's the first problem okay toad in the hole is a massive Yorkshire pudding with sausages in it so it's okay. the Yorkshire pudding batter, you put sausages in it, then you put it in the oven. So how are you going to put a Yorkshire pudding two tiers above a toad in the hole right. when a toad in the hole's got sausages on it, which automatically makes, makes it, it superior than a Yorkshire pudding? And I love a Yorkshire pudding, but why the fuck is that higher than a toad in the hole? Yeah. I'm, I'm mad now, Damon. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would think that would be the that would give it a, an extra oomph, right? Yeah, I would go toad in the hole higher. I would agree. Okay. Cauliflower cheese. I'm not a big fan of cauliflower anything, to be honest with you. Um... But cheese, I like. So, I mean, you put them together. How, I mean, it's not going to be awful. I mean, it's not something I would... I don't even think it's something that it would even be considered something to be ranked. You know what I mean? It's just like a side thing that fucking sits there. Um, so, yeah, okay. Mid-tier, I would probably put that lower. Cornish paste, pasty, pasty, pasty? Um, those are those pies, Yeah, it's right? a pasty. Yeah. Yeah. I used to date a girl from Cornwall and I went to visit her twice and the only good part of that experience were the Cornish pasties. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, a pie and mash? I mean, that's, I mean, you're taking the mash and a pie. Okay, all right, I'm fine. Now, I disagree with this wholeheartedly. The uh, chicken tikka masala? I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. No, a, no, no, it should be lower. Really? Chicken tikka masala is... What annoys me about chicken tikka masala, you go into an uh, Indian restaurant, yeah, and if you, you order, you're ordering that at the expense of curries, which are vastly superior to that. You know, you can have a lovely vindaloo 
or yes. a lovely madras or, or a boona, or if you're feeling adventurous, if you've got an asbestos mouth like me, maybe you go for a lovely farl, super spicy. Mm-hmm. Chicken tikka masala, it's... I don't know, it's, it's just too... It's the grilled cheese. Rich and creamy. Yeah. It's the grilled cheese of... Cowards. Yeah, it's the yeah. coward's curry. Right. Coward's curry. I like that. I like that. It's the coward's curry. All right, but I get it. And But here's the thing. I don't see any other represented. And correct me if I'm wrong, especially London. I mean, you can find a great curry shop on every fucking corner, right? Feels like Yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, I'm my father is... Half Indian. So my paternal grandfather was born. Well, actually, he was born in Baghdad and then uh, grew up in Mumbai. So I have a lot of family in India. Ah. And they told me that the curry in London, in Wembley specifically, is better than it is in India. So there you go. There is a, there is a, uh, it's right. I don't know the areas of London, but there's there's one that we always go to. So fucking good. And it kind of sits on the corner, like, like on, on a, on a, on a, triangle um it's in a pretty touristy area though um uh, but but people always recommend this shop um i forget what it's fucking called but um yeah it, i i looking look, looking i mean i've never been to india but um i mean that people have said that i that wouldn't be the first time i've, I've heard that what's a plowman's lunch it looks like it's just like cold oh, cuts plowman's and- lunch that that is god tier that's got to be right up there so okay. plowman's lunch is something you would have on a lovely warm summer's day, maybe in like a beer garden or something when you're at the pub. And it will be a mixture of what you would call cold cuts, maybe some slices of lovely honey roast ham, mm-hmm. some cheeses, like a bit of mature cheddar, some salad, some lovely crusty breads, uh, pickled onion, maybe some Branston pickle, chutneys, things like that. And I, I guess it's almost like a deconstructed ham and pickle salad sandwich, but you just get all the different constituent parts on your plate. And... Um, it is one of the things that I miss the most being out of the country and one of the first things I'm going to have when I go back next summer. Oh, all right. That seems like lunch meat and salad on a plate, but okay, I'm, I'm with you. The Welsh rabbit, uh, 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 rabbit, is it? I've had this before. So yeah. it's like it's like the yeah. cheese and it had that, has that, what, is, what is that like little marmalade spread thing? What is that? Uh, I think you sort of mix the cheese up with other ingredients. Maybe some like Worcestershire sauce. Right. That right. could be... A key ingredient of it. So, yeah, you sort of jazz up the cheese a bit. I'm a huge oh, fan of it. I mean, I, I like that. Uh, bubble and squeak. Isn't that like uh, blood? Oh, beer? It says Welsh rabbit. You can mix the, make a cheese sauce out of beer. Mustard. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm not keeping up here. That's what, right. We're, <laughs> now, on the, we we're now on the low tier. Bubble and squeak. Okay. Bubble and squeak. Isn't that like um, blood? Is that the blood pudding stuff? Oh, no. no. Bubble and squeak is like a, a kind of p- potato pancake made from potato and cabbage i think okay i want to get this right that's good it sounds uh, fine and it, it is good yeah um you're frying this thing so right traditional northern sunday morning british breakfast made from boiled potatoes and cabbage uh shallow fried sunday leftover vegetables from a roast dinner and you I make mean, them into little little fried cakes yeah fried fried potato anything you, you fucking win beef wellington great right you got the meat you got the dough or, ah, yeah. come on that's great I like a beef Wellington. Yep. Uh, scotch egg, same thing, but you're taking it with an egg, yep. right? All right. Ultimate pub snack, yeah. I don't know what the Lancashire hot pot is. Um, I think it's just a hot pot with sliced potato on top rather than the mashed potato that you'll find in a cottage pie or a shepherd's pie. Okay. I mean, again, 
pork pie, great. Steak and kidney pie, bean, you know, anything in a pie form, you're fucking not going wrong. Now what's why? Now we're in the crap tier. Steak and kidney pudding, but it looks like the same thing as the fucking thing right above it. What's the difference between a well, steak? similar to the steak and kidney pie? Yeah, what's the difference? Uh, I, it would be the pastry that surrounds the the filling. So I guess a pie you're looking at sort of a crispier, flakier. Okay. Uh, but steak and kidney pudding is more of a sort of rich, crumbly. I think softer. I mean, yeah. I fine, perfect. I mean, that's like saying you hate like the fucking uh, like the uh, 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 what do you get in Japan? Those those uh, curry ponds. Right, like kind of oh, yes, right. It's like saying you hate those fucking things. You're 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 insane. Black pudding. That's the blood, right? That's the that blood. should be higher. Yeah, I, I love black pudding. See, that's like the, it's like the, the, the superior sausage, a tastier sausage. Right. It's like and and it's like it's like the equivalent of scrapple in my area. Right. So we have the, the scrapple, where it's like the scrap of a pig, literally, um, ground up all these spices. See, that, that makes me think of snapple. <laughs> and scrapple and snapple are very, very different. They right? are. Yeah. They, they really are. They, they certainly are. I don't. What's a kipper? Uh, it is like a smoked fish. Mm. Let me look up exactly what kind of fish. Uh, uh, a whole herring, a small oily fish that's been split in a butterfly fashion from tail to head, uh, gutted, salted, pickled, cold smoked over smoldering Ooh. wood chips, typically oak. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, my dad used to have kippers when yeah. I was little, and I hated it, and it made the whole house stink. So I'm not a fan of kippers. Maybe if I tried one as an adult, I might like it, but the the smell has scarred me for life. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling that one. Um, liver and onions, I don't like liver. I don't like the texture and the consistent like uh, like people talk about ke- texture in food. Liver is one of those things. It's just like it's just I'm not a fan of it. Um, but but liver and onions is something that people either you really love it or you hate it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, it would be down the bottom. Of all these foods, down the bottom. Yeah. I didn't like liver until I moved to Thailand, but there's some really fantastic Thai dishes made from liver, which uh, turned me around on it. Actually, a lot of offal and intestines and stuff like that. I never liked before being together with Mally, and she's, I wouldn't say forced me to like them, but you know when you try something the first time, you're like, yeah, and then right. the more you try it, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. You, you grow to love it eventually. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, oh, what the fuck am I eating? Oh, it's gross. You know what I mean? It's like if, you, if they didn't tell you what it was, you'd be like, oh, this is fucking delicious. Oh, it's a rooster's anus. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, it's just terrible. Um, Definitely going to have some of those when we go to Japan. <laughs> right. Some of those roosters, an, rooster anus yakitori. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's a thing. Can't wait. <laughs> um, haggis? I've heard, I've heard the term. I don't know what it is. It's great. Haggis is... Again, it's not dissimilar to a sausage. So it is uh, a Scottish dish consisting of a sheep's or calf's offal mixed with suet, oatmeal, seasoning, and boiled in a bag, traditionally one made from the animal's stomach. So again, it tastes like nicer sausage. It's nice and sort of meaty and coarse and peppery, and it's delicious. And I tried it when I went to Scotland a few years ago and loved it. So I think haggis should be higher. But I think the idea of what is in haggis puts people off, whereas the taste is... Oh, it's wonderful. All right, all right. So the next one is is a slang and a and a not a, uh, it's a bit of a not a bit of a. It is a slur here in the United States. So I don't think I'm going to be reading off exactly what it, I'm going to skip over that one. Do you mind, y'all, just to avoid? Yeah, any- I, I, I'll just describe what it is. They okay. they are meatballs made from minced off cuts and offal 
especially pork, traditionally pig's heart, liver, and fatty belly meat or bacon, mixed together with herbs for flavouring, sometimes added breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's made into uh, little meatballs, but um, I'm not going to say what it is because right. I don't want to get cancelled. Right, right. I don't want to turn into Don Cherry. Um, laver bread? Laver bread? Laver bread? I've never tried that. It looks like crackers. They look like just dry-ass crackers. Um, and then, yeah, jellied eels. I can seaweed. See. Seaweed crackers. Okay. I don't know. I mean, seaweed crackers, that doesn't sound that bad. But uh, jellied eels, I don't think I would be eating a jellied eel. Nah, yeah, I, I can skip that. Thanks. All, All right. right, so what? We're 28 minutes into the podcast. We've done pubes and British food, so we are on track. We're so right on track. And you thought we'd have nothing to talk about, Damon. <laughs> we're, we're on fire here. Uh, okay, so um, Adam says, how long did it take? after Joel ate the Caroline Reaper for the world to fall out of his ass. <laughs> Steel O'Neill, so we know you can high fly flow the young boy ghost chili. Not ghost chili, it was uh, Caroline Reaper. Which food would kick your ass? Uh, I was not foolish enough to let that sit in my stomach. Um, that The Carolina Reaper was ejected from my stomach uh, about half an hour after the challenge. So uh, from what I've told, if you eat one of those and deal with the consequences uh, digestively, then you're going to be in for a bad time. But... Uh, could it be me, Damon? I, I didn't undergo that particular form of torture. Uh, which food would kick my ass? Um, a lot of the stuff Mally cooks kicks my ass. Very yeah. s- southern Thai food. Very strong, pungent. It's, it's the pungency. The all these dishes made out of like fermented fish guts is just. Bleh, I can't. I'm not that adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you. So you th- did it hurt going back up, throwing up? No. No, it didn't hurt. A bit. Well, my esophagus was just so battered by that point that I didn't really notice. It was, I was in a lot of pain as it was. That was the worst part, though, the, the throat, right? That's what you were saying, even when you were doing it. Like, your throat was on fire. Yeah, and having to talk at the same time definitely exacerbated the symptoms. Yeah, because you're breathing in, and it's just adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> Fuck. But you're glad you did it, right? Yeah, definitely. It was the highlight of the Super J cast. <laughs> uh, what, 18 month history? That's clearly the best thing that we've ever done. How much? I mean, give me a. Did you make it? You made it some coin doing this, right? You got a couple bucks, right? Yeah, I don't. I won't know until we get paid by right. Papa Crate at the end of the month. But uh, yeah, I think. I mean, the bulk of that was from the wonderful Booze Leprechaun, who. Um, what would we do without a Damon? Yeah. Yeah, it I know. doesn't bear thinking about. No, the best, absolutely the best. Yeah, I know. I, again, I said last week, I just love a person who's just like, oh, you want to do that? All right, fuck you, do it. <laughs> right, it's enough messing around. We're, we're just, just, let's yeah, just that, yeah, that is the exact tone that I would expect her response to that. Like, fuck you, do it. <laughs> right, right. Not like, oh, I'm really excited to do that. Just, fuck you, do it. Fuck you, do it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, that, always, always great. That was fun. I'm um, glad to see that we're alive and able to do shows. We got a lot of response. We got a lot of uh, feedback from uh, from people. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a good bit. I, I think it was well worth it. So good job by you. Any anything to kill right, the time, anything to kill the time with World Tag League. Right, David, three minutes ago, we got a tweet, a response from uh, at Arc White Flame, responding to my picture of Rod Stewart. Looks like he should have gone to manscaped.com. If only there was a New Japan-focused podcast that could give him a promo code. <laughs> so there we go. We have a winner. Woo! And, a well, how, how, many, how long did that take? So that would have been, what, 640, 
46 yeah, your yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wasn't that exactly when you said it would come? Yeah. A minute later? Yeah, uh, maybe a minute later, a minute later. Yeah. Well, Damon, that's incredible. I'm, yeah. I'm, you can have a victory lap for that, as ah. can at Arc White Flame. Great job, everyone. The person Manscaped. who clearly takes care of his pubes. Yeah, absolutely. Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. Manscaped.com, Super <laughs> J Cast is code. All right, what else we got? Right. We, uh, David says, I know I'm probably beating a dead horse at this point, but after listening to the latest VOW flagship episode, I'd like some more discussion slash speculation from you guys on the New Japan ROH relationship. Uh, also, Joel, I'm interested in your opinion on the upcoming PS4 game, Death Stranding. Um, th- I don't know if you heard of this game, Damon. There's a lot of, it, it seems to be hours and hours and hours of walking around carrying a heavy bag <laughs> and not trying to drop the bag. Uh, which, you know, people rag on Shenmue for being a waste of time. This game, I've watched videos of it. Apparently the first 10 hours of it is just walking around, carrying a bag, trying not to drop the bag. And wow. it looks like a complete waste of time and money. Uh, a bit like Ring of Honor. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like that? Uh, Joey Mercury, he, he's gone on another one of his roaring rampages of destruction on Twitter. Um caveat to this David he, he doesn't sound very well Joey Mercury so I don't want to be rejoicing too much in these Twitter rants that he's going on because he, yeah he doesn't seem like a happy man no he does not he sounds like he has a lot of uh, a lot of pent up frustrations when it comes to Ring of Honor so uh, and here's the thing too it's not like this is being released this uh, frustration that he's had and this uh um, the, these issues, these are these are things that he is, you know, systematically now send, sending out and tweeting out, uh, and then uh, I'm gonna, I think shilling is the bad word, but um, you know he's promoting future tweets with more juicy information to to get the Twitter people all salivating. So, yeah, I mean, it, I like there's a big difference be- to me between oh. You're pissed off. You're angry. You're frustrated. You've you've reached your fucking boiling point, and here's going to be my explosion of rage at this situation, as opposed to, it feels like this is no longer a an explosion of rage. This is a an explosion of rage, and then aftershocks that I'm pre-planning to send out, which seems, whew, um. Bit scary, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I mean, that's what it is. That that's what it is. It's turned from a oh, holy shit, Jesus Christ, Ring of Honor, you stink to tone to oh, man, that fucking Ring of Honor, dude, they fucked up again. They, they really are a shit company. And oh, you're you're going off again, huh? You all right? <laughs> Everything all right over there? That's 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 those are the feelings I get when I when I see the new round of of Joey Mercury tweets go out. Well, let's just try and unpick some of the destruction. So uh, the first thing, well, I suppose the, one of the more pertinent things to the New Japan talk was uh, Greg Gilliland. I don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, caught on text saying that Hikuleo was a waste of money. Uh, Joey being forced to apologize to Gorillas of Destiny about the end zone casting at Madison Square Garden, even though Greg and Joe both knew about it. Um, a quote from Greg saying, fucking embarrassing. Why are we running such big venues that we can't fill? Uh, complaining that Flip Gordon can't draw. Admitting that they put the title on Matt Taven because they knew he would stay, but they couldn't get him over. Uh, there were some 
screenshots from private texts from Juice Robinson, and I imagine he wouldn't be too keen on those being shared, um, saying that ROH paid him, in his own words, a third of what they should have. So I don't know if that means it was a third of what was originally agreed or just a third of what he thought he was worth. Um, This whole Kelly Klein mess, Kelly Klein being fired for speaking out publicly. Damon, I... Yeah. I would call it dumpster fire, but as someone on Twitter said, at least the dumpster fire has potential for growth. <laughs> That's really good. Um, okay, here we go. So I'm going to say something that people might not like, but it's the truth, right? And that is this. If you think that other wrestling promotions don't have conversations just like the ones that you saw in those texts that were released, exposed, no matter what you want to call it, if you think other wrestling companies don't have those same exchanges about talent, boy, you're in, you're in for a fucking shock, right? They happen all the time. The, the issue is, is that you saw them. They were released, right? And then it exposed something that, again in private, is said often, right, between people working within a company. Um, I'm not going to say it's an everyday conversation, but I guarantee you that that other promotions have similar conversations with people within their their, their own company. Um, now, I, I would hate to be the one to be on the back end of that, to be like, oh, I'm the guy that sucks, right, or I'm the guy that they don't like, or I'm the guy that they think is undervalued. Um is it unprofessional? Of course it is. In a normal working environment? Of course. Yes. Yes, it is. In pro wrestling, it's a little bit different. Um, not to say that it can't be improved upon, right? We're always looking to be better. But, yeah, that's 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 what happens a lot. Um, and especially when you start picking sides and you start, you know, you're more this guy than you are that one. Uh, in in terms of who you prefer or who you get along with or who you know wasn't hitting on your girl or blah, 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 whatever whatever the reason I, t- I say it all the time pro wrestling is a fucking ridiculous business right uh, I, I know I hate to say it but those those things happen um, and they happen more than you think that being said those texts got out and those texts were were made public. To for everyone to see, and it's just one of those things where it's just oh, it's just a bad light, right? Now, from a New Japan perspective, again, I always talk about that New Japan perspective. That's just that just adds fuel to a fire that's already burning brightly of that relationship being no more, right? And I think those seeds for for everyone to see were New Japan of America. Running shows in buildings. I mean, yeah, yeah, you say that relationship. What is that relationship now? What is it now? It's just a thing. It's kind of like a friend that you, maybe you were friends with a lot more a few years ago that you don't really call, you don't really text, but if somebody mentions their name, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know Rob, right, or whatever, or I know Tony, or I know Ginny. You know, it's that. That's really what it is at this point. They're, they're not sending – they don't want to send talent there, right? I, I Look, anybody we talk to, it's like we're trying to 
not get involved, right? And again, I think that goes to buildings that they booked. The fact that they specifically have this, this, you know, more concrete New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Um, the fact that really we're, we're trying to be, and eventually our goals will be, to be that, to fill that void that Ring of Honor has left. Because, you know, it's, it's falling apart quickly. And it's been falling and apart since Madison Square. They haven't, they haven't sent any young lines over there for excursion. Right. It was Jay White and Roppongi 3K were the last people to do that. And they came back in, what, late 2017? That was yeah. ages ago. Yeah. I mean, look, you've had Juice and Finley there for that little whatever faction thing that they did. Um, and, of course, Jeff Cobb is, is in and out there all the time. Um, there is really nothing to this relationship that benefits New Japan Pro Wrestling at this point. In fact, the more that these tweets come out and the more, the more information that, that, is, that is brought out, the worse it get, the more it becomes you got to distance yourself from this company and i hate to say it, but the worst i think i feel like the worst ones are yet to come you know when you start talking about sexual harassment allegations and uh, anything in, in that world that's that, that's you, you got to turn your back at that point you got to walk away um, and look i'm sure and, and again, trust me, we're not Japanese business aficionados. We don't know the inner workings on how business is done. I can barely, you know, please, I can I barely know my own countries. But the little that we do know is that there is this sense of loyalty of uh, and 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 having uh, uh, being ha- if, once you form that bond and that relationship, it's hard to just walk away from it. It's not like here in the states where it's like, ah, oh, fuck you, you're not making me any more money. Bye, right? Or oh, you did this. Bye, you know, turn my back. Bye, see you. Bye. I'll never talk to you again. Um, it's a, it's you know, just a little bit different, and especially if you have people that that you know that that's in their core of who they are and in in their being, and that and that's not a bad thing, but you know that's probably a good thing. Uh, to have loyalty uh, uh, and and respect for a relationship, I I can appreciate that, but you know sometimes that you got to you got to turn away from that. You got to turn away from that. I'd rather New Japan get out while before the that dumpster fire turns into a, a blazing inferno, um, because I I really feel like there there's there's a there's there's cause to believe that that is going to be happening in the very near future. What percentage chance would you give of Honor Rising happening next year? Because bear in mind, uh, by this time last year, they'd already announced it. Well, I'll say on the podcast record, it is a 98% chance that it is not happening. right. Uh, so that gives me a 2% wiggle room of a fucking miracle occurring and this honor rising happening. But truth be told, if I'm telling you 98, read between the fucking lines, kids. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right around this time we would hear announcements for an honor rising show like we did last year. Not a peep, right? Correct. Right. Mm. So that over and above, you know, the street, the street, a lot of whispers on the street. Listen, we hang out on the street. We're on the street. So uh, if I'm telling you 98, 
I think I think uh, I think it's a safe bet, right? Safe bet, safe bet. One thing I enjoy, I think this was the talk of talk is Jericho podcast with uh, Enzo saying that Tamatonga politicked uh, Enzo out of a New Japan spot. Please, and what a hero Tamatonga has become this year. Uh, that moment after the MSG show where he flings the ROH tag titles and says, "Ain't nobody give a fuck about no ROH." What a moment that's become in retrospect. It really has. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes you can see the forest for the trees. You can see the tundra for the trees. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and you know, when we talk, a lot of the talk is they circle, you know, it, that's circled on their calendar of, of a moment, of a, of, a, of a light bulb moment where you can point your finger to to say, oof, this is... This is where we we started falling off the cliff with this relationship. That that yeah. When when I was sitting in MSG firing off those tweets, burying the shit that was happening, there were other people thinking the same thing, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. just us. Yep. Yeah. That's a that that's a great way to uh, wrap up that. Yep. Yeah. What what we were tweeting, trust me, wasn't like it wasn't in people's mind behind that curtain, <laughs> and also in that arena. So. Uh, yeah, look, it's uh, we we know the situation of that that occurred. We talked about it a trillion times. Um, that presser with Tamatanga, you know, you could you could see his frustrations at that moment, and he turned it into a a meme worthy moment, absolutely. And now here we are, where, uh, where by by all accounts, this relationship is on life support, and. You know, New Japan is doing its its thing to to separate itself. Now, let me make let me make this clear as well. That does not mean that we go running to Tony Khan and AEW and relationship and blah, blah, blah. let's let's work on our own thing. Let's work on that getting better before we start building those bridges with with AEW. Uh, and and letting people back into Japan, right? <laughs> let's, let's work on our stuff before we do that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Remove the bounty from Kenneth's head. Right, exactly. This was funny. I saw a tweet from uh, Dwayne Jones at Age of the Fever. One of my favorite memories this year was I went to the Crockett Cup. I was waiting in line to meet Yuji Nagata. Joe Coff walked up to him and said, I'm Joe Coff. I run ROH. Thanks for coming. And put his hand out. Nagata pretended he did not understand English and did not shake his hand. <laughs> oh, Lord. Look, it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, I love Ring of Honor. I really do. I mean, I say these these little jokes and these little little jabs, these witty jabs. With the full understanding that it's easy to joke about the things that you love, you know, I, I there's nothing better. There is nothing better than going right over to that twenty three hundred or going over to uh, what the, the the rec center and watching those those shows. Some of those shows were fucking tremendous. Um, they were arguably the best independent, and I put that in air quotes, promotion in the country for a while. They would bring in the top guys, the talent that they had, the homegrown talent that they had, was really special. Um, it's it's a shame of where they are now. It really is. And you can point fingers at the incompetent management, and you can point fingers at the brain dead moves that they've made. 
It's a shame. I, I, all this, you know, all this stuff. At the end of the day, it does cost people jobs that you know that are working hard and are trying to make the promotion better, and or that and that maybe are just up against. Are you talking specifically wall. about their women's champion here? Well, I mean, look, it's that's that's a that's a horrible situation, right? That's a horrible situation. There's a lot of people that look. There's there's talent in Ring of Honor that New Japan would want, right? And I think they. Yeah. They would okay. Who, who are we talking? Let's let's put some names out there. Which Cobb. wrestlers do you think New Japan has an eye on and thinks yes, we're interested? Cobb, right? Bandito, Grisham, uh, maybe Marty. You know, but if Marty's going AEW, um, I mean, I would. I mean, they just signed Flamita, right? I mean, that they would want him. Um, I mean, I mean, there Brody are King possibly Brody King. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not like there's not. This is not about the talent. I mean, here's the thing: we joke about them. I like Beer City Bruiser a lot. I really do. I thought I thought that one ri- honorizing show with him and Goto. I yes, love that. That was great. Wasn't <laughs> it was really good, right? With his cigar that got smushed <laughs> into the ring. That was awesome. Yes, I'm. I am a huge fan, and I know a lot of our listeners are huge fans. You know, uh, so there's another guy. Right, so it's not like they don't have the talent, right? And here's the thing: as much as we like to lay the boots to a guy like Matt Taven, New Japan at one point gave him their tag straps, right? So it's not like I mean, it was another time and another world and another place. But Canales and 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 that version of the Kingdom with Taven, they they got the tag straps. I mean, you can't you can't fucking just hand wave that. Um, there's talent there, and and there are creative people there, and there are people that, I mean, look at, I mean, not for nothing, cheeseburger. I mean, look, cheeseburger is not what you would call you know IWGP heavyweight champion. I know I'm offending people, but uh, we get the point. But he serves a purpose, and and I will say this: the fucking fans love him. Fans love him. When Cheeseburger comes out for that for that rumble, that crowd loves it. Loves to see the Cheeseburger. And he's a good dude to boot. Always uh, enjoy interacting with him. He gave us a warm bowl of soup <laughs> outside uh, uh, that Shinkiba first rank. It was freezing cold. And he had soup, and we all huddled around his bowl of soup. Um, anywho, there are, there, again, I feel bad for the people who are on eggshells right now. Eggshells with all every day they got to wake up and think, oh, what fucking else is going to come out, right? What other tweet is going to come out? So that's so uh, to me. Look, I I can't tell somebody how to displace their rage and their anger at a situation, and I know that he's directing these shots at the specifically two people in Ring of Honor management. But understand that when he starts firing off those rounds, innocent bystanders get hit, right? Innocent bystanders get hit. And those are people that depend on this company for food on their table and Christmas gifts and stuff like that. There's an argument to be made that if those two people were removed from Ring of Honor, business would be better. More money would be in. A relationship with New Japan would be stronger. All of these things 
would would have would have made a better Ring of Honor. I just am fearful of. I don't want people to. I I feel their anxiety of people that are just in in the scramble of this in the in this mess. If it's just focused on two people and two people are removed, okay. I, I mean, I don't want people to lose their jobs, but if they're incompetent and boobs and they're and they're bringing a company down, yes, time to remove them. It's the other people. It's the shrapnel that that I that has me most concerned, especially now. Again, Christmas, all that stuff. People have families to support. Um, that's where I get a little bit. Ugh, okay, make sure make sure your rage is focused, right? Make sure your rage is focused. Let's not take down the entire barn. Steven said, where should the ROH roster go? It doesn't look like the company cares for them. Um, I, mean, I don't think we're near the point of them closing their doors and everyone having to look for new employers. But certainly those names we mentioned, uh, especially Jeff Cobb. I mean, you think he's got one foot in the door already with New Japan. And I don't think it's any surprise. Uh, none of us would be shocked if Night Skull turned up at uh, AEW Dynamite uh, sometime early next year. Um, but speaking of Mighty Skull, JDM says, would Skull have enough juice to leverage a contract with AEW that has a New Japan option like Jericho and Omega? So uh, would you think the possibility of Skull pulling double duty? Because surely he is someone that New Japan are interested in. Do you think he's got the clout to be able to work both companies? I don't see why not. I mean, a part of the draw uh, and part of the the early messages from AEW was, hey, these guys are free to work independent dates when they you know when they can when when it doesn't conflict with AEW scheduling AEW is not like a, like a touring company at this point in the sense of they're not you know they do their TV tapings and then people got the rest of the days off um as long as they can make those TV tapings and and those special shows back in the day called pay-per-view uh, as long as they can do that uh, I mean the, those are the commitments that they have to keep, but I, I can't see any reason why that wouldn't be allowed because I, I truly believe New Japan would have interest in them. I, I do. William says, with the launch of New Japan of America, what do you see taking on a rising's place on the tour schedule? Uh, or do you still see that tour happening? And Mark says, could you see a Rev Pro show replacing Honor Rising? I prefer they establish a Rev Pro show where British talent comes over for a show or two, then eventually a New Japan of America show where any American talent they sign for that come over, assuming that they aren't semi-regular in Japan already. So mm-hmm. uh, if this 98% shot comes through and there is no on rising what would you see taking the place on the schedule i like i like the idea of a rev pro right i like i like that idea a lot um and we all know that there is a much better relationship with rev pro than there is with with new japan i mean all the way down to you know color commentating with uh, that any boy simmons um so yeah that would be a f- i think that'd be fun wouldn't it i i would i'd be into that Making that a Rev Pro show? Oh, well, talk about a yes! Just talk- get, get you know tag title match. Get yeah. um, Legion in there. Is it Legion the one with um, Great O'Conn and Rampage Brown? Yeah, going up against I don't know whoever the tag champions are. God, that that'd be great. I tell and you what, you go um, ahead. yeah, no, go ahead. You first. You first. No, I was just going to mention this is. I mean, you mentioned your show first, and I'll just I'll give you an overarching point. At, well, at, I was just going to mention the, the the bit of news about Michael Oku, who won the British J Cup, who is local talent, London-based guy, and 
tremendous opportunity for him. I'm so excited that he won the Super J Cup. And that was a, uh, sorry, British J Cup. And that was a star-studded lineup. You know, people like Amazing Red and, and Pac and El Fantasmo in there. So I'm stoked that there's a London Londoner, fellow Londoner, who's got the possibility of perhaps uh, working New Japan in the future. Maybe next year, maybe the year after that. Um, I think it would be awesome. Uh, you know, definitely more people of colour in New Japan would be great. And I'm just excited to see what the future holds for Michael Oku because you'd think surely that work in New Japan, working the best of the Super Juniors uh, would not be too far away because this is a guy who turned down an NXT UK deal a couple of months ago. So very exciting prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the way that they do those tournaments, right? Again, Liger won one year. But uh, the idea of having all those names that you mentioned Yet, you know, it's a homegrown guy that, that rises from the pack and, and wins it, um, which hopefully leads to even more things, more eyeballs, more uh, interest in the RevPro product, more interest in that, that specific wrestler, and then, again, maybe go, uh, taking a tour over to uh, Japan and, and wrestling a couple shows for New Japan. So I like the way that they do that, too. If they do this Rev Pro thing, and again, we don't know if they are or they aren't. We're, we're, we're totally speculating at this point. But if they did do that, that, my friends, would be the, the, the final turn of the screw <laughs> to Ring of Honor, right? To say, oh, we're going to go. We're gonna, we're, oh, yeah, we, we, we have it booked. Oh, it's not you. It's them. <laughs> we're working with them on this. Yeah, that would, be, uh, that would be interesting for sure. Here's the thing, though. I don't. I don't think that there were there are people sitting in new in, in the Ring of Honor's offices currently that are holding out hope that this relationship is still prosperous, right between New Japan and Ring of Honor. I don't think that. I think they know that this is dead, right? I, I the only thing that we're missing at this point, in my mind, again in my mind, is a a press release. A tweet saying, we wish Ring of Honor the best of luck in their future endeavors. That's the only thing that's missing. Because theoretically, every other checkbox is checked. Yes, we've got Colt Cabana here in in World Tag League. Okay. We're going to hang our hat on that being the the reason the relationship is still going. Okay. I, I truly believe that it's already dead. We just we just haven't heard the final. We just haven't found the corpse yet. Exactly right. That's exactly right. We haven't found the corpse yet. Oh, uh, we've got quite a few questions about this new mobile app, the NJPW Collection, which oh. is like a little uh, card trading thing. I haven't been able to get. I, I can't find it on my app store, and <laughs> I don't think this is the sort of thing Damien's going to be playing. So no. I will try and get hold of it uh, next time we record. But um, yeah, we have received your questions. I'll talk about it another time. What, who I, who do, do, do you think we have people that would be able to answer? I think we do, right? That would be able to answer questions. Well, Damien, honestly, this is annoying me because everything like Discord, um, Slack, Twitter, Reddit is just full of people sending screenshots. Oh, look at this card I got. Oh, I got an Okada. Oh, I got an Ibushi. Oh, I got a Hiromu. And it doesn't interest me. Okay. I don't care what card you got in your little game. Yeah, it doesn't seem anything that would be geared toward us. But I think that's a good thing in the sense that from, you know, hey, people are people 
are interested in it and it is seems to be popular and if people are sharing their screenshots and are excited for it then that's a good thing i guess i don't know how that makes how does that make new japan any money is it just just a word of mouth kind of thing a branding thing or is it or is it like do you have to pay to get certain cards or i don't i, I don't know how it works dude you help me out no i don't know i'd have to play it myself before i can comment on that all right maybe we'll get some uh, feedback from uh, New Japan on why and what and what's the idea behind all this nonsense. I can't help you on that one. Sorry. Brief discussion about World Tag League. Um, Raddad88 says, you guys were all about Tag League last episode. What's wrong with it all of a sudden? Let's <laughs> say so there's anything Nothing. wrong with it, but there's obviously a different level of quality and energy that comes with having live shows at Krakow Hall and then these tape delayed matches that have no commentary uh, from other venues. So you're going to get a different quality of match there. And it's understandable that the wrestlers are not necessarily going to go as hard and fast in those shows as they would at the the live Krakowin shows. So I've watched some of them. And I want to give a shout out to Voices Wrestling writer Harley Duncan. Because, David, you thought I was a masochist eating that chili. This guy, the second year in a row, he's signed up for writing full reviews of every single World Tag League show. So wow. not only is this guy watching them all, including the, the on-demand ones, but he's writing reviews of them. So, I mean, bless you, Harley. I, it couldn't be me, but uh, I've been asking him for some tips on which matches have been good to watch. And I've seen some decent stuff. The uh, last night's show, the main event with uh, Gorillas of Destiny versus Evil Sonata was decent because it was a lot shorter and tight. It was like sort of the greatest hits of the previous bloated matches that they've had. There was a really good Dangerous Techers versus Jeff Cobb and Mikey Nichols match where Jeff Cobb got very angry. Um, haven't seen him that angry since he saw the small print on his Lucha Underground contract, Damon. But uh, that's definitely <laughs> one that's worth going out of your way to see. You know, this is nothing... It's not touching match of the year level stuff, but we're, we're talking three three and three quarters, three and three quarter start level stuff. Uh, what else was good? Ugly Tomo against Henares on November 23rd. I enjoyed that. Uh, I thought, oh, this one's getting good. And then it just kept escalating and went on for like another five, ten minutes. of Really good stuff. Like I said, Hinare is bringing it. And there were some just great interactions between him and Ishii. And Tanahashi had extra energy going into that one. And Dangerous Techers versus Shingo Terrible on November 21st was also really good. So if you're looking for some recommendations, those would be the matches to check out. But there's nothing must-see, Damon. It's all right. sort of hovering around the three three and a half star range right and i mean i mean i feel so sorry for who's who's writing the who's writing these reviews again harley duncan harley, harley duncan. duncan the great harley duncan well i tell you what hope they hope harley has a thesaurus because i don't know how many different ways you can put it was okay <laughs> i hope he has lots of lots of different uh, uh terms for saying the same thing it was okay it was good Good, good little match. I want to know how many times he puts. Yeah, it was a fun little match. <laughs> gentlemen's uh, three. Gentlemen's three. Um, again, for for us doing uh, a podcast, uh, one of our main goals is, uh, of course, we want to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, that's what we do. That's our focal point. And I think that when the time is right, we can. I just I can't think of anything more boring than listening to two dopes like us. Yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, that was a good match. That was all right. That was good. I like the way he did the arm drag. Who cares? You know what I mean? Come on. Of course we're going to jump back in when when it gets heated up. But right now, 
I, I think everybody's okay understanding that there are good matches to be had, of course. Uh, everything good, nothing great. We'll catch up on it when it, when the time comes. Yeah, let's talk, take a quick look at the standings then. Uh, at the top, we've got uh, Juice and Finley, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Evil Sonata all have 10 points. Cobb and Mikey Nichols and Yano and Cabana have 8 points. Makabe and Honma, Kenta Yujiro, Tenzan Kojima, Tamatonga Tangaloa, Suzuki and Lance Archer, Shingo and Terrible all have 6 points. Uh, ZSJ and Taichi, only four points. Goto Fredericks, four points. Tanahashi Hinari, four points. Farley Chase Owens, four points. And then Nagata and Nakanishi uh, sitting at the bottom with two points. So Finn Juice, Ugly Tomo, and LIJ in joint first place with 10 points. Anything surprise you there? Anything, give a little nod towards how you think it's going to play out towards the end? Or is it too early to say? Um, I mean, I think it's a little early to say. And, you know, we always know that they like to keep teams in the mix until the very last moment. So I don't think there'll be anything, any huge surprises coming out of World Tag League, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this this is where, again, this is kind of like, okay, everybody's in the mix and everybody's winning. You know, it's kind of cookie cutter World Tag League um, at this point. And again, the cream will rise to the top soon. And I think it's all those teams that we talked about before that you know aren't doing anything necessarily right now for uh wrestle kingdom that we'll see in prominent roles in these tag uh tag team spots and i want to mention my power rankings as well so top of the power rankings with four points evil and ishii and then we've got sanada on three and a half finley and juice on three points each Colts, Yoshihashi and Jeff Cobb on two points. Tamatonga, one and a half. Yano, Archer, Makabe, Shingo all have one point. Kenta, Goto and Tangalo. Oh no, Kenta and Goto have half a point. Tangalo has got zero. Kojima, Yujiro, Tanahashi, Mikey Nichols, minus a half. ZSJ, Suzuki, Tenzan and Farley on minus one. Chase Owens and Carl Fredericks on minus two. And we're getting close to the bottom here. Honma, El Terrible, Yuji Nagata, minus two and a half. Taichi minus three and a half, Hanare minus four, Nakanishi minus five. Taichi right down the bottom there. What <laughs> is going on there? That to me is egregious. Yeah, that one, that one for for a year that he's had. Yeah, I mean, look, who's who's if a team's got to lose? Are you having Zach lose the majority of these falls? I, I think it should be know, split. It seems like Taichi is a guy you want to yeah. elevate. I'm, I'm just looking at the matches they've lost. So they have faced all the bigs. So they lost the Gorillas of Destiny. They beat Finjuice, uh, beat Archer and Suzuki, lost to Shingo and Terrible, lost to Kenta Yujiro, lost to Ishii Yoshihashi, lost to Cobb and Nichols. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Is it just me or is that a bit off? I, surely the, I, I would have dangerous tech, even if they're not going to win the damn thing. At least have them looking strong, going in, looking like a credible threat towards the end. And maybe they'll go on a massive run, I don't know. But at this early stage, having lost, what, one, two, three, four, five matches, it just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. I, I'm i going to put my money on a big run at the end. You know, I, I think we'll see more wins than losses going down the stretch for that team. They have to. Because if not, yeah, you're right. That is like a, whew, something, something, something ain't adding up here. Um, if that's the case, I, but again, I'm, I'm putting my money on a late run and I want to be surprised if Tai Chi's the guy picking up a lot of those falls. 
Right, well, in terms of the point differentials, uh, Tamatonga slightly elevated above Tangaloa. Finley and Juice Robinson absolutely um, equal, with three points each. Uh, Cabana, one point ahead of Yano. Uh, Taichi, two and a half points below Zach. So Taichi is the one who's eating the shit sandwiches at the moment. Um, Lance Archer, two points ahead of Suzuki, which makes sense given that he's a US champion. Uh, Tenzan Kojima, roughly equal. Uh, Makabe's getting protected over Homma, so obviously they still see some value in Togi Makabe. Evelyn Sonada, pretty much even. Uh, Shingo protected over Terrible, which obviously makes sense. Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley, not much in it actually. Only one point differential between the two. I mean, it seems weird to say, but they are their spots on the roster are not that dissimilar, are they, Chase and Farley at this point? Yeah. I mean, just the size, just just the idea of monster over smaller guy. But yeah, I mean, man, Chase is so valuable. <laughs> I really, I really, I, 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 you know, he he is the glue that holds that Bullet Club team together. Uh, the Bullet Club faction, Crown together. Jewel, Damon, Crown Jewel. I mean, really, if you really think about it, he really is. He is the glue that holds that together. Um, he'll get some votes for Unsung Hero. I am sure of it. And uh, other stuff, uh, well, Kenta and Yujiro are only one point difference, which is a bit of a surprise. I would have expected Kenta to be heavily protected, but he did have to take that pinfall to Goto, so that mitigates it somewhat. Uh, Ishii, two points ahead of Yoshihashi. Uh, Carl Fredericks, obviously, eating the pins in the team with Goto. Nakanishi eating all the pins in the team with Nagata. Likewise, Hinari taking the pins to protect Tanahashi. And um, same with Mikey Nichols and Jeff Cobbs. Mikey, uh, Jeff Cobb, two and a half points ahead of Mikey Nichols. So you can uh, keep looking at my uh, very <laughs> dorky spreadsheets on Twitter if you're interested in that. But I think I'm probably the only person who is. So um, stick in with World Tag League. A few questions. Uh, Dad Bod God says, do you feel Suzuki and Archer are being misused in this tag league? Mm, no. I mean... Again, we figure Archer is going to be having a U.S. title defense. Suzuki is going to be. Um, we would think Shingo might be uh, might be the way they go with uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. So it feels like they both have things to do. I just look at people who have don't have things to do, getting out of World Tag League um, higher than than most teams. So no, I'm I'm okay with it. Matt McEwen, who's uh, featured on a few episodes of uh, Thunderstruck, a great podcast with WH Park, looking at the best matches from Jushin Liger's career. Uh, Matt says, should New Japan consider this? Move the tag league to May prior to the G1. Participants not restricted to those not already booked for Wrestle Kingdom can build up some G1 issues too. Move Best of the Super Juniors to November, December and have the winner get the Wrestle Kingdom shot. Makes the build up to Wrestle Kingdom far more exciting. Um, I like the idea, except Best of the Super Juniors, that's quite a gruelling tour isn't it I don't know if you want to be having that right before Wrestle Kingdom uh, but then again I mean it's not as if you're featuring the juniors juniors very heavily in rest at Wrestle Kingdom it's usually just the two guys who are in the junior title match but um, just having those tag leagues uh, on the back end of the calendar is deliberate isn't it Damon it's the, yeah. so the, the roster can have a, a quote-unquote rest. And I think if you start messing with that and putting something like Best of the Super Juniors to November, December, then I, I don't know. What, what do you think about reshuffling the schedule? I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's, it. It is a logical thing. But again, I this time of year, what your goal is, is to elevate a certain amount of teams to get to 
at least a sniffing of the final so that they can challenge and have something to do with at Wrestle Kingdom. But really, let's be honest, for the majority of this roster, it's about get through this injury freight. Right? Let's not do anything that that would hurt main events, uh, semi-main events, big programs that we've been building all year, right? Uh, and and from a junior perspective, I think that you would have more cautious moments uh, in in a best of the super juniors. You know, people holding their breath. Don't get hurt. Don't you know? Leading into Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, a guy can get hurt at any moment. Let's 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 make that very clear. But again, I think World Tag League is there for the sole purpose of, at least now, anyway. Maybe in the past it was more taken seriously, but it feels like now it's just okay. Let's just cross this bridge so we can get the Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, at Jackamaka Two says, "Who's the top?" And who's the bottom in the Tai Chi ZSJ relationship? Uh, I'm going to send you a photo, Damon. You describe what you can see, and this, is this will Rod hopefully Stewart again? answer Jack and Makatu's question. Uh, all right, so it is sending its way over to you through the Chinese internet. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my lord! He's mounted them. He's <laughs> he's literally mounting them. Uh, Zach on the on the mat. Stomach and face down. Tai Chi on top. And it looks like he is plowing the fuck out of him, actually, <laughs> to be graphic. Uh, well, I think this picture says uh, a thousand words, doesn't it? And uh, by this picture, this is uh, definitely a uh, Tai Chi dominant situation. So we'll leave it at that. Right, well, let's touch on our end-of-year awards then. So as you mentioned at the start of the show, we will have that ballot humming out to you hopefully very, very soon. Uh, do you want to quickly go over the, the rules of the, the voting? Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, this is, what, the fourth year we've been doing this. Um, it is uh, widely popular. And again, this is where you, the listeners, have your say. And in our year-end awards, we have multiple categories. Uh, So for each category, except your favorite and least favorite, you will be giving us three votes, and they are tiered. So your first place vote, your number one, this is the person who wins this category in your eyes, gets five points. The person who is your runner-up, your second place, would get three points and your third place your bronze medal would get one point so again for each category you're going to be giving us your first your second your third place finishers Um, for every category except your favorite wrestler and your least favorite wrestler those are just the one person who you feel is your favorite or your least favorite so once again five points for the first place three points for your second place Two points. All you got to do is just fill in the ballot. We'll do the math underneath, but that's how we do. And we have multiple categories. Uh, And we also, this year, for the first time, obviously, we have a wrestler of the decade. The wrestler of the decade you'll be voting on as well. So not only will you be voting on wrestler of the year for the calendar year of 2019, you will be voting for the wrestler 
of the decade for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, Joel, I think those are the rules. Uh, we'll have the, the ballot soon. You can only vote once, right? Of course, we, ha- we try, try to do our best to make sure that's not skewed. So you vote once, your votes count, and then uh, at our year-end awards, we'll read off the winners, losers, and uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, we had a question from Dr. Zethrusuke Taguchi. He said, would you guys consider a best of the decade poll or even just an episode discussing it? So we did think about the idea of uh, best match of the decade, but it was going to be too much work. So we decided against that one. We just thought we'd do best wrestler of the decade. So let's talk about the nominees then for each category and what we're thinking. We're going to say who we think are the the favourites for each one? Yeah, we'll just talk about amongst them, favourites, who has a good shot of it, blah, blah, blah. So, wrestler of the year on the shortlist, we have Osprey, Ibushi, Shingo, Ishii, White, Naito, Okada, and Tanahashi. So, for me, I think I think a lot of people are going to go Osprey, and I think they should. Um, for me, it's going to be hard to, for me not to kind of show my cards a little bit on this. You got to look at a guy like Jay White. Think about Jay White for a second, Joel, and the year that he has had. And think about the top guys he has beaten, right? I mean, he started out the year getting that unbelievable win against Okada. Then follows it up by beating Tanahashi for the fucking IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Headlines Madison Square Garden against Okada. Wins the Intercontinental title from Naito. Uh, also, can I just jump in and say, yeah, headline the anniversary show with Osprey in a tremendous match. There you go. Let's not forget about that absolutely riveting G1 final and G1 performance, those last two matches, right? Right? Where, he, uh, like it or don't like it, he had the fucking world by the balls with that Naito win. And then that epic loss to Ibushi, where everybody was rooting against him, truly made himself the heel of all heels. I can't imagine him not placing, right? He's, he's top three to me. I, I just, I, I really feel like if you're not going, if you're just going pure match quality and in-ring product, and 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 there is a little bit of drawing power and all that, um, and you know, big name and, and cornerstone for Osprey. Man, I think Will's got to be right right on his heels, don't you? Th- or I think uh, uh, Jay White's got to be right on his heels, right? Don't you think? Yeah, totally agree. He's going to be in the conversation, and I think a lot of people like Shingo this year as well. Start of his year. Um, not too much going on in terms of match of the year quality stuff because he was doing the tag stuff with Bushi. But then by the time Best of Super Juniors came around, he was having really great matches with Sho, with Mighty Skull, Dragon Lee, the final, obviously, with Osprey, a lot of people's match of the year candidate. And then the G1. So he had terrific matches with Juice Robinson. The Taichi match was great. Naito match was, uh, again, I think that's going to be a lot of people's shortlist for match of the year. The Ishii match, everyone loved. The two matches with Goto. So I think Shingo's going to get a lot of love too. Yeah. Again, and I, and for wrestler of the year, let's, I just want to make sure it's clear. This is not your favorite wrestler. 
right? That's that's completely different. We we've made a separate category for that. This is the wrestler that you feel has been a cornerstone for 2019, uh, a, a focal point um, in major programs, the top match on major shows, uh, a crucial cog in the wheel for New Japan in 2019, plus great matches, right? So it's everything involved of what would make a great pro wrestler, why somebody would want to call this person an MVP for the year. Uh, again, all the things that are important for a pro wrestler. So, so yes, absolutely, match quality is, for me, is a big slice of that pie. I don't know if all the slices of the pie are equal for me when I come up with my wrestler of the year, but match quality. Is he a draw? Is he top of the, sh- the show? Is he a cornerstone of the promotion for the year? Has he been involved in major programs? All these things. And has he hit a home run doing these things? Um, or at least a triple, or you know, various degrees of success. That's what I look at when it comes to wrestler of the year. Not, oh, I like that guy. That, 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 that's not what this is. This is who has been the most valuable performer for New Japan Pro Wrestling in the calendar year of 2019. A couple of other dark horses for that could be Naito, who had that tremendous match with Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Ibushi match in the New Japan Cup, and then Ibushi rematch at Madison Square Garden, and then the completing the trilogy at Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a really good G1 as well. Great matches with Goto, Shingo, uh, Jay White in the semi-final, and then the follow-up match with Jay White at Destruction. Taichi match at Power Struggle, so Naito's got a good case for him. And Ibushi as well, who had Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, as I said, the trilogy with Naito. Really good match with Zack Sabre Jr. I think that was at Sengoku Lords. And... Again, very good G1, terrific matches against Osprey, Tanahashi, Okada, the G1 final against Jay White, and then the briefcase defenses against Kenta and Evil. So I think those are the people who are going to be in the mix. I mean, Okada, maybe he had the Jay White match at Wrestle Kingdom. He had a really strong run in the New Japan Cup against Elgin, Nichols, Osprey, Ishii, and then Sanada. That New Japan Cup final was very, very popular with a lot of people. The... Um, Madison Square Garden, where he won the title against Jay White. And the G1, good matches against Zach. Uh, Osprey, a lot of people are talk that as a match of the year candidate. Uh, the loss to Sanada with seconds left on the clock. The Ibushi uh, loss in the semi-final. The Suzuki match at Royal Quest. So, yeah. He's in the running for be, me. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and here's the thing with Naito, too. This entire year... The 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 undertow, the little current underneath here, has always been this redemption idea for Naito. There's always been that little bit of, again, it might not be the big wave. It might be it might be that little current that takes your feet a little bit. It's always been there, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to lay out my cards right now, but a lot of those names obviously are in the mix for for for, for my wrestler of the year. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting which way people think, you know, that's, that's why I really like the, the idea of these awards is, is I like to see what pe- where people are gravitating, where people go when they make these decisions. I, I find that really interesting. Match of the year. We've got a huge list here, so I'm not going to read all of them out, but, um, I think the usual suspects are going to be up there. The Tanahashi Omega match at Wrestle Kingdom. The, I think the 
Jay White Will Ospreay anniversary match is going to get some love. Bit of a dark horse match there. Um, other stuff, Nagata Ishii, New Japan Cup. A few people have mentioned that one. Uh, Okada Sanada, New Japan Cup final is going to be up there. Some of the Naito Ibushi matches. The uh, Dragon Lee versus Ishimori match, Dragon Lee versus Shingo match. Um, some people talking about Rocky El Fantasmo in the Best of the Super Juniors. The Best of the Super Juniors final with Shingo and Osprey. I think that is going to be right up there. It's surely got to be one of the favorites. Um, and the G1 Climax final with uh, Jay White and Ibushi. And some of the other G1 matches. You're talking, like I said before, Okada Osprey, Shingo Naito, Shingo Ishii. A lot of people love Moxley and Ishii. And Sanada Okada in the G1, that was a good one. So, yeah, again, this one I think is going to be quite close, but I think the favourites would be G1 final, best of the Super Juniors final, that Wrestle Kingdom main event. Those are the ones that stand out to me. Yeah, Super Junior finals up there, I would think. E- even in, even those in, in the mix, G1. G1 usually is the barometer, right, of when we talk about match of the year. It's hard to talk about match of the year until G1's over. Um and I think there's just so much that you could dip your toes into and pick one out and be like, okay, that's great. Will against Okada, um, Ishii Shingo. Um, yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on. And and we, we included so many matches. And I think the good thing about this year's list is that we represent, I think, a lot of matches for really a lot of different pieces of fandom. So, again, it's not like we have a million comedy matches, but... Again, a match like Rocky versus El Fantasmo, I think, you know, for what it was, and for a lot of people, you know, that that kind of checked the box of a lot of the emotional elements of pro wrestling. Um, we we also included for those asking that tag match, that Golden Lovers um, Will Tanahashi, that closed out Cork and Hall right before Wrestle Kingdom last year. Um, that's included this year. So if you want to go back and rewatch that. And, and if you believe that holds up to what was delivered in the calendar year of 2019, uh, absolutely. It's, it's on the ballot. So I, I think we have enough matches on this ballot that you're going to find three. I guarantee you we're going to get some numb nut. Well, you didn't include blah, 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 blah. That was, okay, listen, we've got like 20 matches in, in here, okay? Uh, you can find three that you think are, are, are top three. And... But yes, I think we 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 are well we are well represented when it comes to match of the year when it comes to the year end awards. Looking at this shortlist, Damon, one of the things that stands out to me are how many different names we've got in this shortlist. So I'm gonna try and count them actually. So we got Tanahashi, Omega, White, Okada, Osprey, Liger, Ishimori, Nagata, Ishii, Sanada, Naito, Ibushi, Dragon Lee. Shingo, that's 14 already. Rocky, 15. El Fantasmo, 16. I've lost count, but <laughs> you, 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 you take my point. Moxley? Yeah. yeah. Suzuki? I mean, yeah. That's, that's a lot like of wrestlers, Damon. It's not like the these are just you know the same three or four guys all wrestling each other. It just goes to show how deep that roster is in terms of quality. Right, right. Please, it's it's hard for me to 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 take you seriously if you come to the table with you know New Japan doesn't have one of the best rosters out there. It's just it's laughable. Twenty different people in in what we feel could at least at the very least place 
in the top three for match of the year. That's fucking amazing. 20. 20. Give me a... It's, uh, you know, amazing. All right, yeah. Uh, let's move on because we could sit here and jerk off to that for, for days. 20. <laughs> uh, show of the year. Okay, again, there's a really long list here, but uh, I would say some of the favorites, Wrestle Kingdom 13, maybe MSG. I mean, at least the New Japan portions of it. We've got a few stacked best Super Juniors nights here. Uh, Dominion, maybe, but I think the, the main event of Dominion probably let that down a bit. The G1 in Dallas, I think, is going to get a lot of love. Um, G1 final that's an interesting one because beyond the main event and the co-main event of Zack Suzuki versus Tanahashi Okada there's not much else going on at that but I think a lot of people are going to give that some love uh, Royal Quest King of Pro Wrestling Power Struggle so yeah this one is less clear cut for me this is a really interesting one yeah that one I would say is the, one of those that are not super obvious right There's there, because you've had so oh, many oh, and best of the Super Juniors final with uh, White yeah. versus Tanahashi, Moxley versus Juice, and Osprey versus Shingo. Yeah, that one, that one might be it. Be honest with it for me. Um, again, Wrestle Kingdom is always spectacular, and it's the lights and the stage and the atmosphere. And for people at home, staying up late and and pounding down the Red Bulls to stay up, and the excitement and the anticipation, and then after it's done, you're wired and you're fucking. You can't believe you saw what you saw, and it's that you know, it's just a great moment right and and now this year we got back-to-backs so it's it's hard this one this one is the one where i think people really need to sit down and be like okay this show had this 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 show had this 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 show had this 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 and kind of weigh it and and i think to me usually wrestle kingdom is the one that usually just runs away with it um and I think this year, this is last year was a challenge. I know last year Wrestle Kingdom um, was was knocked off its throne, um, and I think this year Wrestle Kingdom is in jeopardy of that as well. So I don't think it's a slam dunk Wrestle Kingdom. I think there's so many good shows throughout the year that that if you think about it and you do a little homework on this one, on this one specifically, you're going to find that Wrestle Kingdom might not be the one that brings home the gold. Tag Team of the Year. Slim Pickens here, really. We've got Gorillas of Destiny, Rapongi 3K, El Fantasma and Ishimori, Evil Sonada and Yano Makabe Taguchi for their historic run with the Never Six Man belts. I, I would guess it's going to come down to Rapongi 3K, probably the favourites. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny, uh, maybe El Fantasma, Ishimori, although they're a relatively new team. So yeah. not sure about that one, but not the strongest year for tag team wrestling in New Japan. No, and you know we were on the fence putting in teams like Robbie Eagles and Will Osprey, right? I just don't think they had the body of work to be able to to to, to go through. Um, yeah, I think the teams that you mentioned are probably going to be many people's top three, and you can flip flop the order around a bit. Um, but I think those are the teams that are really the the true contenders for this. The next category is Junior Heavyweight of the Year, where we've got Osprey, Shingo, Ishimori, El Fantasmo, Dragon Lee, Rocky, Sho, and Taguchi. You'd have to think it's uh, a straight shootout between Osprey and Shingo there. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if, if we're in conversation with these people of Wrestler of the Year, you would think that they're, you know, th- those are the guys that are going to be at the top of the juniors, right? Just logic's, you know, logic dictating there. Uh, Will, Shingo, um, again, I don't think you can sneeze, even though it wasn't, you know, there was some disappointment 
around the Super J Cup only in the sense of again they weren't live. They you know it took you a while to get the the, the matches. So a lot of the steam that was built maybe during internet buzz for the people that were live talking about how great matches were kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I think ELP needs to be in that conversation too. I mean, I, I n- name me another junior that's been as much of a focal point for the juniors as, as ELP, whether it be the junior tag, whether it be the super J cup, whether it be challenging for the uh, IWGP junior title. Um, he's been in the mix. He's been a focal point. He's been a pain in the ass to people. Um, so I think he definitely deserves mention um, at the very least. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a third-place role. So, uh, but yeah, but to me, it's uh, this is a this is a, uh, a race between Osprey and Shingo. Unsung wrestler, we got Rocky, Juice, Evil, Taguchi, Goto, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., Liger, Chase, Kanemaru, and Yo. Mm, yeah, this one's really tough. I would yeah. say Rocky Romero is going to get a lot of love this year, but... I think Evil's got a very strong shout for this as well. It's a guy who, every time he's been put in a prominent spot, he's delivered very, very strongly. Um, likewise, Goto as well. I think he's had a, a sneakily good year. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I think there, there are tiers of unsung, right? So a guy like Evil, a guy like Goto, those are guys that you're just disappointed that aren't in a, a more prominent role, right? They're good wrestlers that just don't seem to make next level. Right. So as we like to call them, gatekeepers. Right. And then you have guys like, you know, Chase and uh, I, I want to put Yo in that category. But, you know, that that are in a faction, they're there to do, you know, to, to take pinfalls. But they again, they are glue every time they're out there. They put on a great performance. Uh, Yo, I think, is under underappreciated. It's just in the sense that show seems to take a lot of the spotlight, you know, on a, on a team that you know, when you when you look down and and really examine it, yo to me is just as good as show, um, and maybe he gets overlooked a little bit with the love of show. Rocky is a guy who's just not you know prominent. He's more known as the hype guy for Rapunky 3K, but then he puts on the tights, gets out there, and has two bangers. You know that that people talk about to this day during the year. So. You know, and and let's talk about you know the stuff that he does behind the scenes as well, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that he does that again he might not get the praise for, but uh, definitely does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So maybe that's a part of the being an unsung hero as well. So again, a lot of different things to consider when it comes to unsung hero. Um, for me, I kind of like the the guys who get overlooked that you are. Are below the evils and below the the uh, godos. Again, I think there there are times and places for each of those two. I think those other guys have still yet to get the love that they deserve. Um, so I think in in my mix, I might I might be going in that route as opposed to the evil and godo. Most improved, we got Taichi Archer, White Narita, Eagles Show Yo Uemura, Umino, and Fredericks. And I think those first three names, Taichi and Archer, I think are going to get most of the love. But Jay White, going from a guy who a lot of people were on the fence about to being uh, an honest-to-God rest of the year candidate, also deserves a lot of praise. Yeah. Yeah, this one, too, is, is feels like it has those tiers, right? So Jay White, you know, improved Jay White. Well, yeah, absolutely. He absolutely has, even though he was, you know, pushed beyond the stars, 
right? He still improved on what he was and what he is is going to be. Archer. He's a young guy as well, isn't he? He's he's 27. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the future is ahead of him. Archer, on the other hand, you know, he's up there in age. But he's made the most of a, of a calendar year, we've talked about it a million times, um, just by hustle and hard work and, and making the most of an opportunity. Tai Chi, uh, almost reinventing himself in a lot of wrestling fans' eyes as being, you know, going from the just the dumb prick, stupid gimmick, uh, you know, nonsense finishes, ball shot, microphone guy, okay, to a guy who you know, legitimately has had a great 2019, both in and out of the ring. And then you got a guy like Carl Fredericks, who, you know, from a young Lions perspective, aside from the the videos from the LA Dojo, there weren't a lot of people that, you know, knew a ton about Carl Fredericks. And now look at him. I mean, he's he's in the conversation of being a guy from young Lions perspective breaking out and being a cornerstone down the road for New Japan Pro Wrestling. If that's not an improvement, I don't know what the fuck is. So, again, it's one of those things. It's kind of like where you want to go with this. How do you want your improved votes, what what they want to represent? Do you want to represent a guy who's been in the business for for many years, who, who took advantage of his shot and made the most of it? Do you want to take your vote and put it to a guy who's, who's a young lion just learning the business? And, and working the dojo and breaking out of that pack and becoming, you know, again, what people are talking about being a cornerstone of the promotion later down the road. Or a guy who's been in the business for a while, I wouldn't say reinvents himself, but it, it puts a new layer of sandpaper and grit and match quality and and people aren't fast-forwarding through his matches anymore. They're, they're, and they're taking him seriously as, as title contenders and looking forward to his matches. You know, he's no longer a joke. So, again, where do you want to put that vote? Th- that's one of those categories that I, I got to be honest with that. This one, aside, obviously, from the heavy hitters like Wrestler of the Year, Unsung and Most Improved might be my favorite categories because, uh, again, just for what they represent and, and what people's mind frames are when they vote. And last one is uh, Biggest Disappointment, where we've got uh, quite a few on the table here. We've got Dominion main event, Okada's title run slash the title scene in general, Desperado's injury, New Beginning USA visa problems, the heavyweight tag scene, Super J-Cup tape delay, Royal Quests on Fight TV, the ROH stuff at Madison Square Garden, Moxley missing Dallas, Moxley missing King Pro Wrestling, the Dallas ticket sales, and the build to the double title at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Even with that list, are there any of those really earth-shattering? Right? We really haven't had, like, planes getting held up in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know? we. This is the first year in a long time where we really didn't have a lot of contract drama. Right? Oh, how refreshing was that? This time last year, we're talking about guys leaving. And is he staying? And and, uh, what's happening with Kenny? Oh, my God. It's so great to not have to talk about that. Oh, how great. I mean, listen, we got little things here that were disappointing. We can't, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. I think, uh, again, we talked a little bit about the ROH stuff at the beginning of of the show. Again, Dallas, you know, the promotion of Dallas 
it's a G1 Open, and to see all those empty seats, I got to be honest with you, it is it was a disappointment. That being said, the crowd that was there and the energy that was there and the show that they put on was fucking great. And I had like like when I look back on my calendar year, what a great time I had personally in Dallas meeting so many awesome people. Um, and you know, let's 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 you know. I wasn't even supposed to be going there, let's be honest. And and our listeners took care of that. So numbers-wise, it was a disappointment, though. And, of course, the heavyweight tag, which is always there. <laughs> so, so we're used to that one. We're used to that pain. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I wouldn't necessarily say it was. it's, it's heavy earth-shattering stuff. Disappointing, yes. But, again, we're not leaving planes in Saudi Arabia. Oh, and the little bonus question, of course, uh, wrestler of the decade, which is between Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and Naito. Surely it's going to come to a straight shot between Tanahashi and Okada. I would think. Um, and again, we're only voting for one, right? We're not voting three, correct? In this one. Uh, no, we, you said top three for that. Oh, I did. That's right. Okay, so top three. So you are giving us three. Um. I look. This one was a little bit difficult. Could we put in guys like Tenzan? Could we put in guys like Nagata? Could we put in guys like AJ? Could we put in guys like Kenny? You can make an argument that for a certain year, yes. Maybe even two years for a lot of those guys, yes. But for a complete. 10-year spam, those are the guys that represented New Japan Pro Wrestling in our eyes, right? They really did. Um, Nakamura, even in the early years, all the way through, you know, to some of those later Wrestle Kingdoms before he, he left, you can't deny the fact that he was top of the card, a focal point for New Japan in the beginning and middle of this decade. And an absolute focal point. Tanahashi, of course. I mean, look, it would shock me if he didn't win it. But, uh, you know, he's he's obviously on that list. Okada, absolutely on that list. Uh, and Naito, again, look at the shows. I mean, he's gone through many different arcs and many different levels throughout this decade. Uh, and again, it wasn't always red hot uh, Los Ingo Bernabas. But you have to take that and the stuff in the beginning where where he he was put in positions to be top guys. Now, it's arguable whether that was the promotion's fault, whether that was his fault of why he couldn't take that ball and run with it. But I think absolutely as the decade went on, he became that mega star that New Japan was dependent upon. So that's why he's in there as well. So, again, to me, it really is a two-horse race between uh, Okada and, and Tanahashi. Um, I, I, but I, I know Nakamura will get, get votes and deserve votes, and so will Naito. So um, I, I think that was the fair way to go when it came to wrestler of the decade. And then for favorite wrestler and least favorite wrestler, we'll have everyone from the roster listed. You just pick one for each. Um, and I'm certain favorite is going to be Doki, and least favorite will be El Fantasmo. <laughs> uh, you're... My least favorite might might surprise some people, uh, and I'll explain why when that time comes. But I have that wrestler 
in my mind of my least favorite. Um, again, it might not be somebody thinks of, but maybe the reasons why might surprise you. Not surprise you, not the reasons, but maybe he's my least favorite. He's my least favorite. What can I say? All right, so yeah, you just vote for one there. All right, so that's our, our year end. We'll have that. We're going to have that ballot soon, um, and as soon as we do, we'll tweet it, tweet it out. We'll get it out, and then you can get involved, vote. Um, and again, it's always one of my favorite times of the year watching the votes come in and seeing where people stand for uh, arguably the most important New Japan Pro Wrestling Awards out there um, when it comes to a North American perspective. So hang tight; they're coming soon. And uh, gave you a little taste of the award season this year for the Super JKS Awards. Let's do some questions. The Discord, Liam says, who is the last person to have a better graduation from junior to heavyweight than Taichi? And he adds the caveat, gamers do not count. Because <laughs> I was going to say Kenny. That's pretty good. I mean, honestly, maybe a guy like uh, Makabe. Makabe started out as a junior. Um, so that might be the one I would go with. Um. Yeah. I, 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 how about Devitt? Right. That, that's a pretty good one too. Uh. I mean, he was always really. He never really did really graduate though. Mm. Makabe might be my guy. I might. I might. I might pick that one uh, as my pick. Booze Leprechaun says, "Who has the better drop kick, Okada or Blue Lotus?" Damon, are you familiar with Blue Lotus? This has been uh, arguably the biggest story on wrestling Twitter this week. I've, I've, I'm, I'm out of the loop on Blue Lotus. What are we going? What's, what's the Blue Lotus thing? What are we doing? So, uh, Blue Lotus is a female wrestler from Thailand who has been working the scene for about five or six years. Okay. Uh, watched one of her matches today. Very, very good wrestler. Very talented. Also known as Tapla. Oh, uh, what? Yep. She wrestles, and she's bloody good. The one who does, who did our shirt design. Yeah. Fucking A, really? She was oh. she was trained by uh oh, who who's the name? Emmy Sakura. Wow. And she's been in the business for five years now, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck. I gotta go out of my way to watch some matches. There's Fuck. a really good match I watched today. Um this is from Singapore Pro Wrestling. You find it on YouTube. Zayda Jang versus Nor Phoenix Diana versus Blue Lotus. Really good three way match there. And I, I'm just stunned at how talented this person is, not only with the art, but also he's a really good wrestler too. That's awesome. What, what she, did she just announced it? She said, I'm, or did, yes. did it could you come? Oh my God. Just announced it. I've got a big secret. I'm a wrestler. And nobody knew. Like nobody saw her wrestling. No. And here's the thing. These matches have been up. They've been out there. You know, this match that I watched today has been up on YouTube since April. But nobody connected the dots. Nobody watched it and says, hey, is that Tapla? There you wow. go. It blew my mind. Well, the fantastic. All right. Well, there they go. Listen, that makes that T-shirt. So listen, if you want to get a design T-shirt, that's the one you get. You get the, uh, the Damon and Joel doing the uh, Young Bucks uh, uh, you know, pose T-shirt. She designed that. Oh, that's fucking great. All right, I got to go out of my way to watch that this week. All right, remind me. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, and awesome dropkick as well. Uh, Peter, this is not really a question, but Peter says, I don't know where to put this, but I wanted to share it with everyone here and who listened to the podcast. I was at House of Hardcore in Philly tonight, and I got a chance to talk with Trent and Chucky from The Best Friends. I asked them about the gimmick with Chucky starting to go crazy. 
They told me it was Ghetto's idea. Uh, quote, how about sometimes you go a little crazy out there? There was, there was no real storyline attached, no long-term plan and no real breakup plans. I thought that it was interesting and I wanted to share. What would you make of that? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that seems that seems odd in the sense that there was no direction, nowhere, no, nowhere to go, because it seemed like we got really deep in that with uh, Trent and Chucky almost coming to blows at, at certain times, right? I mean, that was... Yeah, we had... Um, we, we, didn't we have Trent's mother in the stand at one of these shows? Yes! Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, they're, they live in Philly. They live right over... Uh, yeah, right near the Fillmore, if I'm not mistaken. Chucky does. Um, I see... I, people text me. be like, Chucky T's at the bar. Um, uh, yeah, they had this whole uh, wrestler... Every... Periodically, like quarterly, they'll have... House of Hardcore will run 2300, and they'll have like this wrestling convention. You know who was there? And I didn't even know. I was in Washington in the weekend. A fucking Masahiro Chono, dude. What? Yes. Yes. How strange. Masahiro Chono was there. And I'm like, well, how did I not know this? I would have definitely fucking gone. I don't know how I would have gone logistically. But yeah, I was just like, ah, fuck. That's one guy I never met. So, uh, yeah, he was there. Hansen, Stan Hansen was there. Um, I had a couple people that were there that I'd be interested in. Um, yeah, Masahiro Chono was there. So uh, there you go. There, that's the, probably the same thing, place where they he talked to best friends. Vice Hazuki. Is there any relation to Ryo Hazuki from Shenmue? Damon, I'm, so, so, blah, I'm having a wonderful time playing Shenmue 3. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's an objectively bad game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous things like uh, you can't run because it uses up your energy and then you have to buy food to replenish your energy so that you can run. <laughs> and okay. I, I'm just spending my time doing things like squatting practice. Okay. Um, search, searching through the drawers and cupboards in the house, uh, collecting herbs <laughs> and other things <laughs> that uh, other games would not get away with. But because it's Shenmue, I love it. Oh, my goodness. Great. How, uh, I mean... Going through drawers. Uh, let me know when you do laundry. That's that's what I'm interested. <laughs> right when you separate your whites and your dark clothes. That let me know because that, that I'm in on that. Okay. All right. The question is: If the IC title is on the verge of losing its importance, how is that situation related to the eventual comeback of Nakamura, the man who has the strongest connection to the IC belt? We have a couple of questions about Nakamura. Actually, let me find them all so we can. Uh, Dismiss them all in one fell yeah. swoop. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Tim, do you think Shinsuke Nakamura comes back to New Japan? On the Pacific Rim podcast, Fumi Saito and Dave Meltzer seem to think he definitely won't come back. Personally, I don't think he comes back. What say you? And let me just tie in with another question here. Uh, Dynamite Scott says, what if WWE NXT Japan creeps into town? Do you think they would use Nakamura to gain a foothold? Yes to that, if that were the case. I definitely think he would be a cog in the wheel. Uh, no, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon, at least for not another, not another two years, from what I understand. I think he just re-upped. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit. Uh, if he were to come back, it would be uh, a little bit older, a little bit older, a couple more years under his belt. And at this point, um, I mean, I can't say they wouldn't have any interest in him two years down the road, but um, no, I think they're, I think that's, that's the past, and... You know, for at least two years, we won't be seeing him in the New Japan ring. And to the other question about how do you think the landscape would change with the introduction of NXT Japan? Um, I look. There are 
you know, feels like 500 promotions in Tokyo alone, right? The one thing that they do have is a machine behind them um, to help fund an NXT Japan. From a fan base perspective, it's you know there might be some curiosity, right? Uh, that helps leads to big houses, bigger houses. Um, at first, I think that that that's fair to say. Um, and I would, sh- I'm pretty sure that they would load up cards to make it appealing to to a you know a crowd buying tickets there. At the end of the day, though, it's just it is going to be about product, and it is going to be about what you know the fans enjoy, and if they're able to to deliver a product that fans enjoy again also i i think it's worth pointing out that i don't think that the bulk of japanese wrestlers have that sort of cultural connection to wwe the same way that western wrestlers do because they haven't grown up seeing wwe wwf has been the pinnacle of the business so it's not it's not going to be like every japanese wrestler's childhood dream to be you know, wrestling at WrestleMania or whatever. Right. If you're a wrestling fan, I would think you would have more posters of Ibushi or uh, Naito or, you know, Tanahashi on your wall as opposed to John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Um, that's not to say that they don't know who these people are. It's just, again, it's just not... I, I mean, in terms of the talent, the wrestlers yeah. themselves. It's oh, not yeah, like, yeah, sure. oh, it's always been my dream to work for this company. So I think there's... Yeah, maybe less inclination for them to sign than Western wrestlers would. Yeah, and and here's the thing too. I mean, and that's not to say that people don't see, especially in the business, that they know you know that the money would be there, and if the opportunity was there, and they're 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 you know, I mean you know, Kushida, Nakamura, Kenta, um, you know, th- these are people that. You know, got an opportunity, and it, they got the carrot dangled over them, and and it's debatable as to how successful they were in doing that North American make me a star kind of thing. I do I think it would do I think NXT Japan would be successful? Depends on what your definition of successful is. I think they would be able to run shows, right? And I think that they would be able to uh, fit in in the mix at Corkin every month. I, I, I do. I just think that there's enough of a, of a pro wrestling fan base that at least at the very beginning, they'll be able to do okay doing that, right? Do I see them, NXT Japan, being on the level of New Japan? No. Do I see them being on the level of All Japan in the minds of, of, a, of a... And again, I don't want to speak for them, but... Um, or Noah, or Big Japan. I'll give you a solid maybe. Maybe they'll do as well. I mean, currently they certainly don't have the 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 history that a lot of those promotions that we talked about. But but you know, could they get a thousand people in Corrigan? I think so. You know, what I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's an odd thing to say. Ten years down the road, would they be successful as New Japan? I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a no. Would they still be running in ten years? I'll, I'll say no to that as well. Um, 
But in the beginning, I think they'll fit right in. I mean, uh, this idea that they won't be able to run shows in Tokyo, if that's the goal, I, I think they'll be able to. I, I do. I think, again, filling up Corkin, maybe not selling out every show, but can they do 15? Can they do 2,000? Probably in the beginning, yeah, absolutely. Do you think they'd have the same effect on the independent scene as they have had in the UK? Do you think well, that's the they problem. would be driving all these small companies out of business? <sighs> Look, and again, I don't want to sit here and pretend I'm um, Mr. Japanese business guy, but all these other promotions survived, right, for years. And when these tr- these promotions go into trouble, it's not a a foreign concept for them to go to other promotions to say, "Hey, help me out," or "We need talent. We need, I, I, you know, whatever the case may be." Right. So it, while they are in business for themselves, there is somewhat of this unity with pro wrestling in in Japan, where uh, they're not trying to stab each other in the back and you know take their talent and all that stuff. Where the history of the WWE has been the polar opposite. So uh, if they think that they can just go in and just with a blank check and just start signing people, I think they're sadly mistaken. I think there will be people that jump there, right? I think there will be people that move there. Absolutely do. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as this. It's not going to be this swallowing up. I mean, look at how they're how they're talking about starting it up. They've gone to every fucking promotion to to. They went to Noah. They went. You know, WWE is not in the business of starting from scratch, working hard, getting it. They're into. I'm going to buy you, you and you, and this is our promotion. That's the honest to god fucking truth, right? We know that. They talked to Noah. They talked to Big Japan about buying them. And they say, get the fuck up the street. Okay, good. Well, that, I mean, that, that's the issue that I have, is that they, they don't, they're not coming in there with the, the best intentions. They're going in there to swallow up the competition. And that might not be the best plan uh, working pro wrestling shows in Japan. Borg says, what do you think is happening with Lance at Wrestle Kingdom? Um, Moxley? Lance versus Moxley for US title? Yeah, that's I would I would point to that. I would go that route. Yeah. Basically, the four twenty says I was watching the most recent All Japan Pro Wrestling Big Show, and it struck me that their refs are more involved in the story of the matches, which for me lended depth as an MMA fan, where guys like Mark Goddard are in the centre of all. I found it to be, to my taste, more uh, accurate accurate than the refs in NJPW. Could New Japan refing be a bit tighter? I think so, but would love to hear your take. Um, you know, referees are used to get out of situations, right? Uh, ref bumps, all that nonsense. Um, that's not to say that there's not ref bumps in all Japan, but they have them. Um, it depends. You know, there's people that will go to their go to their grave defending Red Shoes as the, you know the greatest referee that they've ever seen in their lives. I think he's up there. Um, I like. But other opinions are available. WH Part often is very critical of Red Shoes, the way he, he yep. finds him distracting in the big matches. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, the same thing could be said. I mean, there, I mean, Tommy Young back in the day in, in, in Crockett, NWA, you know, everybody, you either, you either loved him or he was distracting just the same way as Red Shoes was. Um, it really, it really comes down to taste. Um, I, I liked those two that I just mentioned, but I, I see the point. I see the point. I, I gotta be honest with you though. If, if the referees are distracting you, then the wrestlers aren't doing their job in my mind. Um, the wrestlers are there to hold your attention. Now, if the referee is so dramatic that he is taking your focus away, yeah, then then I, I truly believe it should be toned down. The referee should be in the background um, and add to a match and add to the excitement of a match and add to the importance of a match. He shouldn't be – if he's distracting you from the goals of the, ref, of, of the wrestlers, then, then there's a problem. JDM says, uh, just noticed during the Kenta Shibata angle, Yoshihashi ran into attack Kenta only to get beat down. He also served as a punching bag in the JY angle. Should this be his gimmick, the opposite of the Bullet Club Hunter, Bullet Club Job Guy? <laughs> kind, of, kind of already is by default, isn't he? Uh, again, <laughs> everybody's, everybody's hoping for a redemption story for Yoshihashi. Uh, him getting his first title. Um, look, Yoshihashi doesn't do much for me. Uh... I trademarked the bag of socks, and um, I think it's fitting. I, I'm sorry. It just doesn't do much for me. He, I don't think he wins tag titles either, to be honest with you. Um, he, he's Yoshihashi, and, and the world needs ditch diggers too. Chris says, when will Taichi win the heavyweight title? As much as I love him, that's no. never happening, is it? No. no. Sorry, no. Intercontinental. Uh, Intercontinental. Uh-huh. But not, mm-hmm. no, not really. Um, I can't remember if I asked this one last week. Ash 2.1, how far up the card do you think Carl Fredericks can go in the next 12 months? 12 months. months? I mean, I don't... Yeah, yeah, he'd still be a young line then, surely. Yeah, I would think so. Um, at Dadbog God says, who on excursion has the most upside when they come back? I'm really excited about uh, Tomiyuki Oka, actually. The more I see from him with his crazy wild man hair and beard um, and his new look with the black trunks. I'm really excited about him coming back. You know who loves him? The London Joel. Loves him. Uh, I haven't seen anything that I've been overly thrilled with, but okay. Um, I'm, I, I still stick with Quato. I, I still think he's the guy. Um, when he left for excursion, everybody was excited. Uh, I know everybody wants to, you know, Tell us how terrible he's doing in, in Mexico and how hurt he is and how he's never coming back. But with that being said, uh, he seems to be uh, in better health. And uh, we are, I'm excited at least to see him return. And I think he'll be uh, a future star. Anwar says if you could take away one tournament from New Japan, but you had to replace it with a big show, what would your choices be? I mean, obviously, the. Uh, the, the obvious, the, most people are going to say get rid of World Tag League, but um, I don't know. Taking away a tournament and replacing it with a show, I, I kind of like the tournaments. Even the, the the long leagues, they do serve a purpose, don't they? Because you need to sell tickets for a long tour. But uh, yeah, anyway, what, you, what do you reckon about? Uh, World Tag League. I, again, and I and I understand the purpose, and I understand, but like I I just I I just think overall f- most people 
kind of are just looking for Wrestle Kingdom, and they're they're just trying to get through this to get to that. Um, and I think, but here's the problem too. I truly believe that any tournament would fall into that. It's going to be hard. Um, but if I could remove one, it would it would be World Tag League. Oh, what about this one? John says, instead of having the two singles tournaments and two tag tournaments near each other, would it be better to do singles and tag than later singles and tag? So, for example, have Best of the Super Juniors, then World Tag League, then the Junior Tag Tournament, and then the G1. So you're sort of spacing them out a bit rather than having the two tag tournaments together and the two singles tournaments together. I mean, you could. That's, that, that's I mean, that's fine. It's... I think a lot of it, some of it, most of it, a little bit of it has to do with tradition of, you know, they're only moving the G1 to accommodate for the uh, Summer Olympics, the Summer Games. Could they move them? Yes. I just think that, I think they're happy and content. They got a pattern with what it is now. And here's the thing. The only people really complaining about World Tag League are us, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sure they don't have people knocking down the uh, offices of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, complaining about the World Tag League. It is what it is. It's a nice little tour for people to go see shows. Um, you know, again, leading up to Wrestle Kingdom, hoping nobody gets hurt. We're f- it is what it is. If we're gonna have a if we're gonna have a lull before the the big explosion of Wrestle Kingdom, let it be now. Aditya says, "Can you imagine Jay White being a New Japan lifer? Could he spend his uh, New Japan career as the leader of Bullet Club?" Yeah, I can't. For some reason, I can't imagine Jay White being the sort of person who would leave and go to, for example, I don't know, AEW or, or WWE. He seems invested in. Uh, New Japan. I, I think there's something about coming up through the dojo as uh, a foreign young line as well that does help to build a connection with it. I mean, obviously there are others who have gone through the same process and have left, but uh, JY, I don't know. I, he seems like the sort of guy who would be in New Japan for the long run. Yeah, he's 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 here for the long run. I don't know if necessarily he's going to be you know leading Bullet Club that whole time. To me personally, this is all building up for a massive face run. <laughs> eventually um so but but yeah with new japan i think uh that's his future and i don't I, and i think that's what he wants right i i can't imagine him and, and here's the thing too I, I don't i don't even know what the pro wrestling landscape is going to look like in three or four years right what, what, what's that going to look like who's going to be around at that point um so and and whoever's around what changes will already be in place um, it's easy for us to sit here and say, yep, New Japan is going to be it in three years. But again, three years is a real long time in pro wrestling speak. Um, we, we don't know what scandals, what, you know, what craziness would occur in three years that would shift the balance of power in pro wrestling. Pleba says, what American talents do you think NJPW of America should sign in order to create a strong roster? It's not that much out there, is there, Damon? I mean, it's not like it once was. It's not like there are indie scenes that are vibrant and full of these unsigned big names. It's you got to look hard these days, haven't you? So I don't can't think really think of anyone off the top of my head. Yeah, and I don't really think that's how it's going to be used. I mean, I think it's going to be more what New Japan Pro Wrestling guys are you bringing over there, um, and then what talent are you growing. Um, to make these shows. I mean, I think TJP is one of those guys that they'll absolutely want to scoop up. 
depending upon wh- how much he wants to work, an amazing red is one of those guys that they could definitely scoop up. Cole Cabana would be one of those people that if lost in this Ring of Honor mess, they would probably pick up. Um, so guys in that world, I think they would be focused on more. Again, I think they're more focused on making their homegrown talent, taking care of guys who might not be doing something necessarily on that specific tour, and using them to help supplement these shows um, in the United States. Nikki says, what would need or have to happen for Shingo to be in the heavyweight title pitcher by next year? His popularity is high and can only grow if they play their cards right. Uh, I think he'd have to leave LIJ for that to happen. Me too. Because as it stands, he's seems to be behind Naito and behind Sanada in terms of the heavyweight singles pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, he would have to. I mean, if it, it, he's not going to plop right into that heavyweight title scene immediately. I would think there would be some secondary belt that he would have to pick up first and then eventually move his way up. And again, I think leaving LIJ would be a part of that as well. Raphael says, just watching Kobashi versus Misawa from January 1997. Amazing. Who says Japanese crowds are reserved? Doesn't have to be New Japan, but if you had a time machine and a magic ticket, which match would you choose to go back and experience live? Uh, my choice would be the 1992 All Japan, the, the tag match with uh, Dan Crawford. Yeah, Dan Crawford. Yeah, Doug, Doug Furness against yeah. Kobashi and Kikuchi because that crowd are losing their fucking minds for that match they are just absolutely rabid jumping out of their seats they are desperate to see those guys uh, get a beating so I think that's one that really stands out to me as being a very special crowd Uh, also that crowd for the uh, is it Chono versus Onita death match where (laughs) uh, Onita yeah sits in the on the ramp and starts smoking a cigarette and people are throwing trash at him that's amazing Uh, what about you um, I think just for the buzz and the and, and the energy that was in the building, uh, mine might be Muda uh, versus uh, Nobuhiko Takada, where they were doing the New Japan Pro Wrestling UWFI feud. Uh, that was a massive crowd. That was a lot of fucking energy um, to be in that building for that match. That 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 might be the one I'd be like, oh. Yeah, that might that might give me a heart attack. Actually, <laughs> just the energy in that building. So th- th- I might pick that one. I've never seen that match. Oh, you know what? I might go one more too. I- oh no, you never saw that match. It's good. Watch it. It's, it's again. It's, it's it's pro wrestling versus you know what early mixed martial arts is. Um, and I think right, let, let me write that down again. Really so t- t- tell me the details again. So this is uh... Uh, Kenji Moto. Yeah, tell me you again. Uh-huh. And, and Nobu, yep. Nobuhiko Takada. Uh, again, yep. New Japan versus UWFI. It's uh, Tokyo Dome. Uh, I want to say it's like 96, maybe? I have the program, actually. Okay, um, so that'll be on World, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, you'll, you'll, it's great. I think it's on World. It should be on World. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. the one, and then uh, the other one would be. Christopher says uh, the other one would be. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, would be maybe the G one, the the pillow tossing, right? Where uh, uh, I think it's Shono one that that G one, um, where you know everybody's just tossing the pillows and they couldn't go back to Sumo Hall for years because of it. Uh, that might be a fun a fun crowd to be a, a part of as well. Christopher says, what Western wrestling gimmick event or match concept, uh, example, Money in the Bank, that New Japan hasn't done or rarely does, do you think would work best for them? Which would be the worst? Could New Japan benefit from adding an annual gimmick-focused event? No, I, I'm not into it. 
honestly. Um, I do love I a think, Royal Rumble. Yeah, and that's probably the least gimmicky, to be honest. And they've done plenty of battle royals. They love the battle royals. They would always open up the year with a battle royal. All Japan would, especially. Um, the opening up with a battle royal. Uh, gimmick match. I, I really, I mean, I'm like going through them. Steel Cage? No. Like First Blood? Uh, um Bull rope, like that seems like a like a American Western thing. Oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah, they are terrible matches. too. Like chain matches, they're terrible. Um, like barbed wire. I don't. I really don't hell like in barbed the cell? wire matches. Anything like that? <laughs> hell in the cell. No, I don't want any. I'm good. I'm good. I don't you want to see Hiromu and El Desperado <laughs> <laughs> throw themselves off the top of a cage? No. No, I don't want to. I think. I think. No, I'm good. Scaffold match. Have a scaffold match. No, I'm good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the hard pass on that one. All right, one more question, please. Wrestling history X for modern New Japan. Where should I start watching? Oh. All right. Well, modern New Japan. I think 2014 is your is your starting point, right? Where that's when you really saw the noticeable swing in, in match quality and and big main events. Um, you, you're you starting to, to see people that you recognize and you're familiar with, right? So, again, if you're a new fan, you kind of want that. You, you can't just sit there through, you know, unfamiliar names and faces. It helps to have at least that familiar face and that familiar name that you're – at least then you can latch on to and, and use as a starting point. 2014, I would say. Start there. That Wrestle Kingdom, work your way through um, for modern New Japan. And, and, and away you go. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of things. Um, let's just give our plugs then. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to throw a few bucks our way. And thanks again to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. Join our Discord. You can find the link to that in our show notes. Buy one of our t-shirts, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast. Massive thanks to Editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel and on Twitter at Escape the Box UK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Superjcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>